Over the past few years, my life has completely changed. I've built one of Australia's most successful e-commerce startups, Happy Skin Co., generating over 10 million per year in sales and disrupting a billion dollar industry in the process. I've now turned my passion for growth and personal development to bring you these honest and eye-opening conversations. This isn't just a business podcast. This is about the person underneath. This is about the journey. This is what it's really like. I'll be interviewing guests from all walks of life, each with their own unique perspectives and experiences, from the hardest day of their life to the biggest accomplishments and everything in between. My name is Dylan Mullen, and this is Life, Money, and Love. All right, sweet. We were just chatting for 20 minutes off air, so we thought we'd better start recording. Uh, today, we have Majdi Slaby. Hello. AKA Maj. I just call you Maj. I'm going to continue to call you Maj, but that is indeed your name. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. I've known Maj for, for four years almost. Three, yeah, yeah. three, four, four five, years. Even almost five, I'd say. Um, Maj is, he has his own content agency, which I want to talk about, but this isn't so much just about what he's doing right now, his content agency, even though the boys that produce uh, this podcast, like has Maj done any uh, Happy Skin Co videos? For anyone that is interested in business and e-com, for like the two years when we first started to pop off, Maj made pretty much every single one of our ads. Mm. So he really knows what he's talking about there. We'll get into a bit of that stuff, but dude, I'm, I'm so interested. And when we're, me and, me and my, our friend Alira would just talk about you and you'd come and tell me one of these stories and one of the things. And like, we were just, you're the, Maj is the type of guy that just like life happens to him, like good, bad, <laughs> yeah. like intense, just yeah, that's well, fuck yeah, a lot well of shit well. happens to you, man. So I want to talk about all that, what you've learned, yeah. your successes, some of your funny failures and yeah, some of the absolutely. smart decisions and some not. But one thing I want to start at, because I feel like we've spoken about it a little bit, but we haven't really gone in detail. And I want to talk about like your family and kind of when, when they came over, obviously Lebanese, yeah. I know you've spent some time living uh, over there as yeah. well. Kind of tell me about like your childhood, your family how like when when they all came to Australia and then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, bro. I do no worries, appreciate man. it, and I love seeing this thing grow. It's incredible. Yeah. Um. All right. So where to start? Okay. So yeah. Uh, dad. Dad came over somewhat in the eighties. Mm. Um. I think it was somewhere in the eighties and. With any kind of like yeah. story that comes about like that, they have a really crappy job yeah, and then one yeah. thing leads to another. So, you know, it, it very same, very, it was very, sorry, it was very the same uh, with my father. He mm. had a warehouse job and then I think he had a taxi job for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he ended up landing on like, like cigarettes. So like yeah. just selling cigarettes for any Lebanese nineties kids. <laughs> it's a staple for the parent oh, yeah. to have a cigarette shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your parent does have a cigarette shop, you're not, <laughs> you're not that Lebanese. Come on, yeah. let's be honest. But um, so he came over and did that. Mum then followed, so they got married in Lebanon. Yep. She then followed because you know yeah. it's the '80s and yeah. getting his expensive, and that's a yeah. whole thing. And then that's pretty common, though, right? Like for one to go over, make a little bit of money, make a little bit of money, and then bring the rest of them yeah. over. Yeah, absolutely. How long was that gap? Do you know? I think I th it wouldn't have been too long, but I've, I'll probably say it was probably like two years, maybe yeah, yeah. not too long. Yeah, like, that's long not enough to be away from your partner. You hear like, oh, I was like eight to 10 years. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Be, that's uh, like, imagine that, you know, and yeah. especially if there's a kid involved. So yeah. my, my older brother was born in Lebanon. Oh, um, yeah. So there was that period there where he was in Lebanon and then wow. they got, you know, flown over. So yeah. And then, and then they, they essentially just started building from there. They, my parents are very, you know, repetition is the key to success, right? Yeah. So it's like, if you've got a shop, you've just got to show up every day, do your 12 hours yeah. and leave. And I think that, you know, that obviously that still works in, mm -hmm. in today's age, but um, that's what they did and they had some more kids. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're five of us. There's five, five children. Yeah. It's a family of seven. I'm the youngest. Um, but yeah, the rest of us were born here. When, the rest of when, us were born when here. We, when did you, because you lived over there for like, a, like six months yeah, or a yeah. year or so, what was it? 
so the family's here. We've spent, I've spent 10 years here. And yeah. then my dad is just like, let's move. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, let's do that. Yeah. And you know, the worst thing is at the time, yeah. bro, I, I actually had discovered acting at like nine oh, or 10, believe it or not, yeah. I had discovered acting. And I went to this audition. At, mm. um, I think it was called like Bright Stars or something mm. like that at the time. It was this really imagine. old agency. I went there. It was hella exciting because my cousin at the time was yeah. also acting. Yeah. So that's what inspired me too. And I killed it. And I made whatever I made. And they yeah. were like, we want you. And then my parents were like, love it, love it, love it. Let's go to let's Lebanon. Go. Hey, let's let's circle back to this in 10 years. <laughs> so Ferris was already acting then? He got Ferris was already it. acting, yeah. yeah. So he'd already, um, he did, oh, what was it? I think it was ACTT. It was like the Acting College yeah. of Theatre and Television. Yeah. He did that or he was in that. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was getting his kind of, you know, small mm. TV roles and stuff like that. But uh, When was Underbelly? What year? Oh, that was, goodness. I think that was like we were pretty youngish, right? Yeah, dude. I was like, pff, I don't even remember, but... I think it was like 2000, like it was nine, over, 10. Yeah, like, it was so, over 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was sometime yeah. in that era. But uh, but basically, yeah, so when I turned 10, we all mm. moved back. It was uh, me, my dad, and my sister first, mm. and mm. then my brother and yeah. my mum and my other brother followed. And yeah. uh, I lived there for three years, bro. Went to school wow. there. It was a whole shift. What was it like living over there? Like, obviously completely oh different, I imagine, right? Bro, it was insane. Mm. You actually, so... Uh, unfortunately at that time, mm -hmm. if you were uh, someone coming from overseas, mm -hmm. specifically from like Australia or the USA, yeah. you were known to have money or you were looked at as, as that you have money, your family's yeah. rich. And that created a massive problem when it came to trying to network and make friends yeah. as a kid because everyone was threatened right off the bat. And yeah. like while dad earned his money and mm -hmm. bought the properties he did mm -hmm. and, and, and like did it right, like <sighs> – like it doesn't translate, you know, like yeah. you go over there, you don't think that of yourself. You're just there to have fun and have a great yeah, time. But, yeah. uh, but I kid you not, it was, it was like, it was like fight. It was like fight or flight. So, mm. you know, you'd have a group of kids come to you. They'd suss you out. They don't like you. It's on. It was genuinely on. It was very rough like that. So there was there was a lot of lot of fighting growing up in Lebanon. So you all got into like fist fights and stuff. I fucking survived because of fighting, bro. Literally, no like way. if I got into the stories, it's insane. Absolutely insane. It was, oh, it was bro. just, yeah, there was just, there was just that, 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 you know, you're in a third world country. You've mm -hmm. got that language barrier as yeah. well. I hadn't even known Arabic at the time. I'd understand mm. words. So half the time I was guessing, really, yeah. but most of the time you'd end up with fist swinging and I'm like, sick, this is great. But the weirdest thing is like, if you beat them, mm -hmm. you become their friend. Oh, okay. Like you know you what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was friends with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, man, how are you? Uh, so that was, that, was a, that was a very interesting period. And mm. uh, yeah, man, but growing up in Lebanon was insane. Like going to high school was mm. insane. Um, there was an English system. There was an Arabic system. I was in the English system. Uh, they'd give you like six hours of free periods if there was nothing for you to learn sometimes. Yeah. So you're just fucking wandering about, yeah. just trying to, you know, yeah. get busy. But uh, it was an experience. Have you seen the French movie La Haine? No, I haven't. Bro, you should... I only watched it recently. It's fucking incredible. One of my, f dude, I watched it at Dendi. Mm. Um, is like, cause they do 35 mil presentations once a month. And oh, it's cool. always like a really cool old school classic. And it, um, it's based around like, there was these big riots. Uh, and there's a couple of like Lebanese characters yeah, yeah, in it, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. of it. There's a couple of like, there's riots and like police get sh like stabbed and yeah, someone yeah, gets yeah, shot yeah. and killed and stuff. And they, like, it follows the story of like the, these group of friends over like the space of like two days. And the way you're explaining it straight away just took me back to what it is like there. <laughs> it is like that, man. Mm. Like it's, it's quite universal. I think some experiences, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It just, it happens to everyone and yeah. it's, it's the right time. It's the right place. It, it's going to happen to you. But, uh, if, if I hadn't grown up in Lebanon, I for sure would not, um, sorry, let me say that again. If I hadn't grown up in Lebanon, yeah. I for sure wouldn't have been where I am 
Mm. I, I wouldn't even be who I am today. Yeah. That's 100%. What did you learn or what perspective did you gain growing up in Lebanon? Uh, well, you know, given all the limitations I was up against, the mm. language barriers, the not knowing how to get around, just being a kid in a third world country, just in a, in a different environment, mm. I, I learned that you do have to fight. Like, like I feel like I, I wasn't put in an extreme situation, but as a kid, you know, like them moving to Lebanon was just it, like, it was something massive oh. on my shoulders. I was like, what do you mean I'm moving <laughs> to Lebanon? Like I had been once as a kid yeah. and you know. From memory, it was like, it's just all brick and dust, yeah. uh, you know, from, from memory. It's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Don't think I'm knocking down Lebanon. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's actually one of the, I love going there for yeah. a holiday. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, dude, you, I just, I, I realize you, you really have to fight, um, mm, you know, literally cool. for me, unfortunately. But, you know, if you, what I really wanted was just friends. I kind of wanted to just be accepted because it, it does feel weird not being accepted by a lot of people. And especially when it's done to your face. So I, I, and you know, like, I'm not asking for much. I just want to play like basketball with you guys. I just want to kick the ball on the rocks with you yeah. guys. Like, but, uh, but you know, and I earned that. So I guess for me, it was just like, I know I wanted to be accepted and I know mm. I wanted to get it. So whatever I kind of had to do to get there, I did. Mm. Um, so I was, I was very persistent in that, in that. So stage. do you think those kind of principles you learned or developed kind of helped you with moving into business? And, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you know, Actually, let me think about that response. Sorry. Can you ask that question again? If that's okay. I don't even know what I said. Oh yeah. So those principles you kind of learned and that ingrained mentality that you have to fight to get your way through life. Have have you fallen back on those in business or like, when did you first get into business? You mentioned like you used to have these little hustles you would do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So like to answer the first question, a hundred percent, you need all those things to get whatever it is you're going for. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, even through my business journey, I've had to do, I've had to be persistent to get a lease down cheaper. I've had to be persistent to get a better deal, you know, better than another franchisee, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, look, so my parents have always been in business. So I grew up in business. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said before, tobacco shop, like I was serving tobacco to like the security at the Westfields when I was like nine, you know, <laughs> guessing where the West, where the um, windfields are and the, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is that I was looking for. Um, and this is, mind you, it's, it's when dad had to have a toilet break. So yeah. I had that hot 10 minutes of like having to cover the, the shop. Um, I remember I was going to Woolies. I think I was buying like one of the, do you remember those chocolate uh, eggs that you put in the yogurt and you, and you mix it and the, I don't like know, a the, like a yogo thing. Yeah. I was after one of them. And I remember uh, this woman was having trouble with a trolley mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can help. I'm yeah. ready to do this shit. Like, you know, she's having trouble. I can help. And I helped her and she gave me like a tip, like a $5 note. And I'm like, I looked at this note and I'm like, no way. I didn't yeah. just earn money from giving someone a trolley. Surely not. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let me try it again. Yeah, I'd give it again, and I, I, I tried it again, and uh, you know, people would say thank you. Some people would bring out a dollar, some people would bring out two dollars, and I was like, fuck, this is sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is making me money. I can go spend it. And time zone was upstairs, and that oh, was like my bro, life as a kid, bro. Yeah. Remember that dance, that dance game? Dance, like my dance, hips were moving whatever. at the time, and uh, and I think for two days straight, I just sat there in front of the trolleys and went. Madam, sir, madam, <laughs> sir. And I ended up probably collecting like $100 yeah. until the, 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 the managers came out and was like, look, we love your hustle, but no more. Get, stop taking Bro, they money gave our you customers. A, they should have gave you a woolly shirt. Throw me a vest or <laughs> some know, shit, man. Put me on the payrolls. Killing it. Anyway, that happened. Like in that moment, I was like, wow, I can generate my own money. Like that's mm. insane. I never knew this was possible. This is like nine, you know? ten years old, you said? Dude, I'm like, yeah, this was before Lebanon. Yeah, so this yeah, was yeah. like maybe even seven or eight. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, those pop-up shops that kind of just sell little games at mm. like supermarkets and stuff. One of those guys popped up in front of my dad's shop mm. and I'm like, oh, sick. It's a, it was like a little, um, remote control helicopter. I think it was. Yeah. 
And I was like, I just loved the toy. I loved the dude. I was like, let me help. And he basically said, if you can help me sell one, you know, like I'll, I'll give you money yeah. and I'll give you a toy, right? So I was like, oh, that's a great deal. Mm. And I think, you know, you had to fly it. You know, you have to you've got yeah. to pre-fly it, test it around, oh, show people. Oh, so you're like the little kid I'm that's like, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm having a great time. And 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 by the end of it, we I think we sold like a few. He mm. gave me like 50 bucks and like a toy. Yeah. And And, you know, those experiences plus working with dad – it's like in the shop, obviously, like because we had that shop for a while and yeah. I worked for a few years there. So you just kind of learn principles of business and stuff yeah. like that. Customer service, just basic stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's always interesting to see from a person that wasn't born in Australia. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, they develop these really interesting characteristics that you kind of adapt as, as you see of, growing yeah, up. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but otherwise, from there, you know, lived a pretty... You know, once I came back from mm. Lebanon, like experienced the whole Lebanon thing, came back and essentially uh, got into high school, went to Jamison High School, shout out Jamison High School, <laughs> of course, and did all the musicals I could ever do. Yeah. And that's what introduced me to acting. So you got into acting from like drama in school and stuff, yeah, right? That's well, exactly right. When did you first like start auditioning or trying to get an agent and, and doing that sort of stuff? Uh, that only happened once I left school. Like I signed up, yeah. uh, sorry, I, I, I jumped on Star Now right after I left oh, school. Star uh, so Now, back I in the day, the Star Now Yeah, days. dude, back in the day it was like brand new. So it was yeah. like the biggest thing, right? Um, so I had done two musicals uh, in Jameson High School. I did Fame and I did uh, Grease and like, have you ever done musicals? Have you ever done like a live play before or anything like I've that? I've done a play, but I haven't done a musical. Like regardless, the yeah, thrill is the, insane. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. being on stage is just, it's just another, another world. Uh, you know what it is? Being like theatre, and that's the thing, right? I, I don't think I'd ever want to be a theatre actor. Maybe mm. if there was a really cool play I wanted to be a part of, it would be an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. But that, regardless of that, I love film and te television acting. Acting on stage is, is a truer expression of acting. It's like... It's 100%. Not, oh, dude, I agree. It's so fake, bro, when, you, when you're acting on camera and you're doing like these yeah. little... You know, but like to be focused in it for like some scenes alone will go for 20 minutes. Then you're on stage for an hour or two hours. And you have to cap... Like if, if depending on the scene, if it's just you and another actor out there, yeah. you have to captivate that whole audience oh, for however long it goes. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And you know, you, even like a worse experience than that is actually fucking up on stage, which have I you ever did. Done that? Oh, so bad. Really? Dude. <laughs> okay. So my, th the only tip I could ever give, this is probably the mm. only tip I got from that musical is the first musical. Yeah. Do you remember I, what it was? The uh, actual musical? Uh, the, the musical was fame. So I was oh, playing, fame, fame. I was playing um, Tyrone, I don't know, rapper turned ballet, dancer turned <laughs> falls in love. That's perfect. It was, you, dude, man. it was sick. I got, to, I got to like flip on stage <laughs> yeah. and break dance. It was amazing. Um, the last night we had, uh, you know, you know when you get to the like mm. when you get to the last night of any run, it's just like let's just have a fucking good yeah, time. We've done yeah. so much work, yeah. we've earned it. Let's have a good time on stage. And I was like, oh, why don't I make it interactive? And I asked the director, I was like, instead of coming out from stage right or whatever it was, <laughs> can I come through the crowd and yeah. high five the crowd? They're gonna <laughs> love that shit. And he's like, great, great idea. idea. That's fantastic, Matt. You do that. And I'm like, sick, <laughs> cool. So I'm waiting outside. I've had to run outside the hall, run around. Mm. Everyone's inside. I'm waiting out there. It's freezing. I'm freezing my tits off. <laughs> it's winter. And uh, finally I hear my my part and I deliver my first line and I'm high-fiving these people. It's sick. And I don't know why, but I never like I never th thought about how I'm going to get onto the stage. Okay. So I, I just went stage left when I was facing it. And when I got to the stage, I had this one line to the teacher and I blanked. Oh, I no. fully went blank. Like I didn't even blink. I didn't – I just remember – it got real hot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> face red. I felt this side of my face burning because that's where the crowd was. Yeah, no. And I'm like, something happened. Like, just maybe the, maybe the power turns out here. Maybe just anything, please happen. And the other actress that I was playing um, with, 
I forgot her name, but what a lifesaver. She goes, I forgot my line. She goes, that's what I thought. Get in line. And I'm like, I literally you need I went other by, people like, to save you, so you in, in that so situation, right? And from there, I was just shitting bricks. And like every time oh. I had to go on stage, I'd look at the script and I'd be like, <laughs> Bro, that's <laughs> the worst thing you can do right before an audition or whatever to be looking. Like you just have to trust that you know. Or yeah, be yeah. Or anyway. just like just trust that you know how to carry on, even if you do. Oh, that, but that's if if you particularly in an audition, well, it's different when you're doing live theater. People yeah. have come to see a show and you've yeah, got yeah, other yeah. people. But if you can have an accidental fuck up in an audition or on screen, like that's such a gift, man, because it automatically. Drops you into absolutely real behavior. Yeah, exactly. And if you know to always react in character yeah, as yeah, person, yeah. it makes the best viewing, man. Dude, it makes the best viewing, but, you know, it's it's almost easier said than done, right? Sometimes oh, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got course. to be real deep into acting to really know how to mm. respond when something goes south or when mm. something doesn't go mm. with what the script says. Like, yeah. have you ever thought about that? Like, have you ever watched like a – I know I'm probably going off topic here, but mm. you know when you watch like a BTS and they're like – I remember I watched this BTS of like Leonardo dancing with someone. They were like, yeah, this was all improvised. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck do you improvise that? Like there was scenes and yeah, shit. I'm yeah. like, how do you improvise this whole thing? There's levels, man. So professionals, that's mm. that's why they're professionals. That's why they get paid That's why they get paid the big money and, you know, and uh, I freeze up on stage. We had, we had to move into business because <laughs> couldn't quite crack it in acting. <laughs> no, man, but, um, but yeah, like acting still a massive passion of mine. Mm. And the great thing about it, as you've seen, you've seen my whole film mm. side develop. So the fact that I've learned the film aspect – I've got the acting aspect mm. when it comes to directing, when it comes to just doing anything. I just have so much more knowledge. About every to, part to, of yeah, it, Yeah, right? just to execute it better and better mm. and better, you know. Because I was going to bring this up later, but let's get into it now while we're talking about it. And then I want to get into the flip out story and how that all started. Sure. But um, the like, talk to me about that rugby documentary that you produced, filmed, whatever. Yeah, That's pretty, yeah, like, yeah. It's pretty big. For anyone who's a massive rugby fan listening to this podcast, which I'm yeah, sure there's tons. Gold um, digger. No, but fun. it is actually a really big film in the rugby space. Like It's it's like, been getting some incredible yeah, reviews. Yeah, actually, we just had that. a piece go viral on YouTube. Oh, we just yeah? uploaded it as a tester. It got like 150,000 views. Wow, like, very That's nice. really cool. So uh, how did it start? Like when yeah. did they, yeah. So the, the director, Matt Durrant, he's mm -hmm. my partner in this film. Mm -hmm. um, I first met him when I auditioned for a short film called mm -hmm. Pocket Money. It was yeah. a government funded uh, short film. There was 50 grand behind it. It was a legit wow. thing. 50 grand for a short 50 film. 50 Gs for a, for a short film. So Matt Durrant locked in that, that grant and, um, dude, for a short film, this thing was legit. Yeah. So they had well, close streets K. down. It was amazing. Yeah. So it was to, it was basically, Matt just had an idea at the time, 2012, 2013, there was a lot of gun violence in Sydney. Mm. So it's a story about a kid essentially having, running into a third, he was the, he was like the third party to a crime. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it because it's still a great, we're actually <laughs> premiering, premiering, blah, premier, oh my God, how do you say the premiering? word? <laughs> And premiering it with the, the, the docker at the end oh, of the year. Oh, really? So, yeah, so I'll explain to Did you. Did it how go into any festivals at the time? Oh, it went uh, oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, I auditioned for this short film, and uh, Matt was directing it. He was writing mm. it. Awesome. I got it. It was a three day shoot. It was incredible. Like, mm. elite team, left, right, and center. Where'd you guys film? Uh, just in Parramatta, Parramatta yeah. and Auburn, actually. Yeah, and cool. then we just did ADR work uh, because there was the budget to yeah. do so, yeah. so why not? Um, it was shot on a, like an Ari Alexa anamorphic lens. Yeah. It was just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realise how pretty it was back in the day, but now that I've learnt filmmaking, You're I'm like, like wow. how the fuck did they do this? Yeah. Like, this is sick. Uh, anyway, so that short film uh, premiered at the S Sydney Film Festival mm. right before, and uh, I forgot the, the actor, but it was right before his film. So a lot of people were anticipating his film. Yeah. And it was awesome because we opened up for him. We yeah. got a standing ovation. It was sick. It was like, nice. and, and it was very weird experiencing your first ever short film yeah. 
on like an IMAX screen. Like my head was from. That's cool. Dude, it was insane. And I'm so glad I got that experience because mm. just seeing that, just seeing that glimpse was like, I need to do that again. Mm. And again, and again, and again. Like, I can never be satisfied with that feeling. Yeah. Because it's just a whole other experience being able to tell that, like, tell a story to an audience. Yeah, bro. It's a whole other thing. Oh, fuck, I, now you just reminded me of a regret, and I didn't know how to regret. But I remember one of the short films I did, it was, um, it played at the Ritz. Oh, awesome. You know, and, ran, yeah, yeah, and I didn't yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. go, bro. I don't know oh, why I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just yeah, that been a, that been, been too good for his own There was some fucking reason, <laughs> but... I don't know. That would have been a cool experience. I, yeah. it, dude, yeah. Any moment you get to go to any, any premiere, I'm, I'm trying to do it, man, because yeah. it's just that, that, that just, feeling. But mm. uh, So essentially, we premiered at the Sydney Film Festival, and then it made it to this thing. I don't know if it's called the Travelling Film Festival, mm-hmm. but it's, essentially, it's essentially the rings Sydney. Rings Yeah, rings a bell. But it basically got picked up by all these major towns and their festivals. So, for, yeah. for example, it went to the Canberra Film Festival. Mm. It went to uh, uh, Darwin Film Festival. It did the rounds in Australia, and then it went overseas. So it nice. went to... Um, I think it was South Korea, like uh, like Seoul Film Festival. Mm. Then it went to Cannes in France. Like, dude, it did the run. And then it ended up getting sold to a French agency who basically had it on French airlines for a couple of years. So as one of the short film options, <laughs> you cool. just see my head bobbling about there. Um, but uh, so Do you speak French, yeah? No, I don't speak <laughs> French. Oh, we, we, come on, man. Oui. No, no, no. But, uh, but bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> but basically, yeah, years went by. Matt and I didn't speak. Matt Darren, the director yeah. of that short film. And then he hit me up. He's like, dude, I want to do a... I want to do a, a, a rugby docker. Are you yeah. in? And I, I was really just getting into the, the the feelers of filming and learning about everything yeah. and log and this and that. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And he was like, dude, we're traveling here and traveling here. And we When did. was that? When did he first hit, reach out? So this was right before COVID here, back in 2019. Mm. We flew to Perth. We shot like the first scene, let's say, yeah. of the docker. And that was all in Perth. It was all like the backstory of what the docker was about. Yeah. And then when we flew back to Sydney, we f- we were able to fit maybe a few interviews in yeah. and then he had to fly back to London. And then while we tried to uh, maneuver through COVID, uh, basically the rest of the doco was him directing over Zoom and me just rocking up, shooting. Wow. Trying to face the laptop in a way where it looks like he's in the room for eyeline and, and basically everything oh, for the rest of the doco. Okay, fuck. That was a that was a challenge then, Massive right? challenge, yeah. So COVID just made us, you know, go left immediately. So you were rocking and, up um, by yourself to interview all these. And like, you know what the worst thing is, bro? Rugby. It's like well known people. Like Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like people that are in the media that I don't know. Like yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. these people, I don't know, but yeah. I know they're Popular. Important, you know. No, if not, like if they're not popular now, they were massive in the mm. in the rugby space back then. And I'm just like like Lisa Wilkins's husband, uh, Pete, yeah, Pete, Davidson. Pete Davidson. Like, first of all, to get to their house, it's too far. Okay, it's <laughs> yeah. too expensive. It's too far. And then just to get in, there's stairs on stairs on ramps, and I'm rocking up with gear. Like yeah, it's a doco here, yeah. and I'm just it's just me. I'm just sitting out. What's the premise? Hey, what's the premise of the film? Because it's about some sort of like controversial Correct, issue. Correct. Yeah. Right? So the doco's about um, essentially the downfall of uh, Australian rugby and yeah. um, why other countries uh, have done significantly better and why Australia has not. And, so why um, has Australia not? What have you? Uh, it, well, what's your well, take on it? well, I don't want to ruin it, but I think it all comes down to cohesiveness and okay. essentially what that is is, uh, for example, let's make it relative to because I'm not a I'm not actually a massive union 
uh, fan. I never yeah. grew up with you. I grew yeah. up with League. So, but Same. let's say, for example, Penrith Panthers. Let's mm -hmm. say 10 of their players grew up together. So they played yes. through like local competitions. Yeah. They build their cohesiveness over a couple of years where things are just instinctive at that point. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to force a team together from different um, provinces, yeah. you're going to have a lot of these players clashing and not understanding each other's structure mm. or, you know, just they don't know what the next move is. So, um, you know, the reason New Zealand dominates in rugby union is because these guys all grew up together. They live and you, breathe it. They live and yeah. breathe it like from grassroots to yeah. professional like they they absolutely the whole know country the next, does oh yeah the whole so you know new I mean? zealand's just on fire so yeah. you know and back in 03 well, when ireland we won just it, beat new zealand like a couple times let me just put it oh out yeah, there, yeah so of course yeah, yeah yeah but once again ireland has some in insane cohesiveness yeah, so does exactly. like wales and france yeah. and all these people but um that's pretty much so it's a, it's a it's an investigative doco is that mm, is that how you say like, investigative? Yeah, investigative Investigative yeah, so it's an investigative kind of. journalism doco type of thing where we essentially investigate the problem. What is mm -hmm. the core problem? Yeah, and you have to watch the doco to find out. Yeah, is it when? So is it out or are you so premiering it? It premiered in uh, South Africa live to a, ah, to a live. Yeah, um, it was syndicated on like their ABC essentially, yep. um, mm -hmm. and that was really awesome. So and then and then Matt actually was able to you know speak on live television about it and give it some cool. some some PR behind that, which was cool. Um, New Zealand is buying it. Foxtel has bought it. Cool. And so it's going to be on Binge. Yeah. Oh, I've got Binge, bro. Yeah, bro. So it's going to be on Binge. It'll be on Foxtel documentaries. That's epic. Congrats, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But I mean, when, 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 when do you reckon um, end of the so year? August. So August. Oh, oh this fucking month. soon. I think this month, actually. Sick. Dude, it's been so long. I don't know the date. Yeah, you've been working on this. I've given so many. Can you make this to be when we're at that <laughs> Preston Tapis can go out? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, like, that's how long about this might be. COVID just, yeah. dude, it, you don't was, know what's it was going the biggest on, right? thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like it was, it's, 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 it's been way longer than a normal docker should yeah. have gone for, but mm. yeah, it's, dude, I pretty much did the sound on that as well. It was absolutely insane. Like I, I experienced every like hell that comes with a docker, but I'm glad <laughs> because it's credibility and yeah. we sold it. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Like I didn't do anything in, in terms of selling. It was all Matt. So all did, credit you to him. kind of involved in a way like that you knew what he was doing at least. Like, do you have any, like at what, at what stage? Like, for, like with that process, for example, if you were going to make a doco or a, a film and sell it, do you kind of have, did you learn a little bit more? I've about, learned so yeah, much. Yeah. I've learned so much the whole process. Like I couldn't tell you right now how to break it down, but if I sat down, I'd be mm. able to nail out a structure well enough to sell. Yeah. That's um, sick. And it's just all about like, you know what he did? Like, it, and it goes down to being persistent. He mm. wanted to create a doco. He called all these big media people that have no idea who, who he is. Yeah. The only credit the credit that he had was like his own feature film and probably Pocket Money, the short yeah. film at the time. But he locked every interview in, whether it was interstate. Yeah. He locked in. Uh, he, you know, he like it was a few people he couldn't get, but for the majority, bro, he got it. And these are big people, right? Yeah, like he got the CEO of Rugby Australia. Yeah. How much more higher do you want than the CEO of Australia? Like the CEO of Rugby Australia, sorry. Yeah. So you know, he he and I applaud him for that. Like I'm just so astounded by his drive to get it mm. done, and he did. And we went through hell and back for it, but we're still here and it's being That's sold sick. and it's going to be oh, premiered to an Aussie it. audience soon. Yeah, so. yeah, sick. And and the premiere's in December. Oh, nice. A proper pre where Do you know where it's at? Resetting, yeah. No, uh, no yeah, we cool. just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just let <laughs> them work. roll. If there's missing frames, you, No, you it. never know, bro. They'll just put the cameras on me. It, it's all it. good. Um, sorry, no one's your, ever said, question? no one's ever known. I don't even know, bro. Let's move on. Enough about rugby. Oh, it's just about, where's the premiere? Uh, it's probably going to happen somewhere in the city, in the but y'all are all invited. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, uh, make a great night of bro, it. Bro, I'll come for sure. Red carpet, oh, photos, videos, the whole Sold. shebang's going to happen. Done, bro. Um, let's move on. I want to talk right. about uh, like your prop, your official start of your business journey. Was Flip out your first yes. business? How, tell me about, because like for me, yeah, it fucking sounds like a lot of fun, but how does someone... <laughs> 
just get into a flip out franchise? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, so uh, was sick of school. Uh, sorry, yeah, so was sick of school. Came, <laughs> yeah. I think it was year eleven. Came to the end of year eleven. I was like, do I really want to do this again? Not really. So you didn't finish. You didn't do your twelve. Didn't, didn't finish your twelve. Nice. So I don't even have that high school certificate. Oh, y'all. I don't do you much can do mine. stuff with that high school certificate. I don't use mine too often either, bro. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Um, but uh, but basically, uh, it, it was all timing, dude. Timing yeah. is the most important thing in the world, I think. Like, especially you've got to like action something based on what's happening during that perfect timing. So for me, that timing was I want to leave school, a pop-up arena, a pop-up trampoline park has just popped up. I love flipping. I was like right deep into yeah. parkour at the time. Yeah. I was like, what a way to get paid. Yeah. Flip, meet people. Anyway, so I went there. I spent probably 12 hours the first day there um, just jumping. Was it a flip out? It was at uh, – Or was it just like a random pop-up? It was thing? literally uh, – so – you know how they they are like they're built of arenas. Yeah. So it was one large arena that um, that the owner at the time set up in a car park. Oh, okay. That the yeah, Penrith yeah. Panthers uh, basically just get, said they basically just gave him a piece of shit car park and went Do what you go. Yeah. And from there, not that like it, I, I want to say like I'd like to say that I was a part of it, but really I really wasn't after a while. But from there, from just that car park, they turned it into a like a 50 plus uh, international franchise making 50, 60 oh, so million dollars a year. you were there the early days Dude, of I was, I was there when they built the thing. So oh. sorry. I was there when they built the thing. Dude. Like I what? built the okay. thing. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was literally part of the construction team at one point. <laughs> I'm going to Canberra and shit. Yeah, I remember those. St- <laughs> there was- There's some, we'll get to all that. <laughs> so wild. But for anyone who thinks Maj is bullshitting about being into flipping, I probably have 20 plus videos on my phone of you yeah, back yeah, flipping bad, from all our bad. shits back in the day. Um, So – Okay, you're there for the build. You kind of were obviously really into the scene, which made like yep. if you're that early on, you need to be passionate about what you're doing. Exactly. Where did they start opening stores and like or locations and yep. when? Which because you ended up having like three, three, certain, uh, three, three different yeah, franchises. Three four, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your What was your first one? So basically, yeah. So the, the pop up happened. My mum, my mum and I realized we wanted a franchise. We were like, mm-hmm. we want this somewhere else for ourselves. Um, from that. From the moment of dropping a hundred grand as a deposit to opening was a year and a half, believe okay. it or not. So, so that was a, it's a hundred grand to open a flip out at the time. Then. Yeah, at yeah. the time, and that wasn't even the full cost because I had in with the owners. Yeah, I had a lot of leeway. I had a lot of flex on it. Yeah, um, which whether they knew it or not, like it didn't really matter because either way, like there's absolutely no way you give a bunch of seventeen year olds four franchises to run. You were seventeen, and yeah, you yeah, had yeah, four yeah, 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 and like it, it. it I, dude, I wish, I wish this was all recorded. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. of the shit that we experienced, like, yeah. So j- just to basically build some structure to this, mm-hmm. uh, my mum and I were like, yeah, we want to, we want to buy a franchise, mm-hmm. a flip out franchise. Um, I got the job immediately because yeah. I was just so passionate. He was like, he's a shirt. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. I was doing 12 hour days. I was pretty dumb, but I was doing like, like nine to 10 hour days in the day. And mm-hmm. then I would do security at night. So people don't come and rip the tramps. Oh, so really? I would do security at night from when I from nine to like six. Was that a problem that people tried to? Oh, like- bro! Like I'm I'm pretty much a professional security guard at this point <laughs> because the amount of like the amount of people you got to be like like because you're in a little spot. I was in a little spot and people can't see you. So when the yeah. group of boys or girls or whoever would come by, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm yeah. here, brother. What are you doing?" And they just run off and they see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, "Oh my god!" And off they go. What are they trying to steal? No, they're just trying to bounce. Oh, <laughs> they're just trying yeah. to have a good time. And I'm like, "Stop it!" Because the problem with what oh, the, the, no, the combo would be is they used fucking... to come in. Oh, there's that too. Yeah, but it's just they used to damage the tramps. Yeah, yeah one yeah. guy came in, sliced fourteen tramps once. Slice, slice. So he just came in and was like, boop, 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 boop. Oh. And we were just sitting there all day, bro, in the summer changing these mats. And as soon as we had a mat open, we'd let a customer in to make money, right? Oh. It was insane. So 
Anyway, we did that. We moved the setup from um, Penrith Panthers car park to uh, the old Ford Sinclair building on Mulgoa mm-hmm. Road in Penrith. That thing was absolutely like busy, 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 yeah. busy. That's what really made the franchise aspect of the business possible because people came and went, there's this is 800 it. people here. We got so busy, we started V8 circuits in our open car park on the side and monster truck rides. Like we couldn't keep up. Like we even bought wow. another arena, put it outside. We built pro- professional like jumps into foam, like into big foam yeah. boxes for like scooter and mm. skateboard riders and all that jazz. Anyway, we finally, so like I said, we dropped a hundred grand and uh, a year and a half we open our uh, arena in Nara. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the year and a half we were deciding where do we go? Yeah. And uh, Why Nara? So. Um, How'd you get there? The, the the risk of a lease for a building that you need for a, for a flip out for a yeah. trampoline park is huge. It was you oh. know in Sydney it's like 150 grand plus at the time. Just the lease. Just the lease minus there was no you know there was a lot of other extra expenses. So for us it's like well while we love the idea of the business and while we've seen that it works on a, in a car park outside, mm. how the hell are you going to lay out a whole warehouse, paint it, get all that jazz, and you know manage a 150 thousand dollar lease or whatever it may be? So we actually went from so we bought you know we we dropped our money, we looked at Smithfield. We didn't find anything there. Weatherall Park, we didn't find anything there. They would have still been pretty expensive though, right? Huge, yeah. Yeah. Those are the worst places to first look actually because they were the most (laughs) expensive. We sent our equipment to New Zealand. We looked at places there, sat at the dock. We spent like 15 grand on expenses just sitting there. And then we brought it back to Wollongong. We found a place in North Wollongong. Yep. That fell through. And at that why point, did that bro, fall through, we, do you remember? Oh, I don't know why. There was just so a lot of dumb. A lot of the time, we actually just couldn't get rezoning approvals oh, by yeah, the DA, yeah. by the council, so yeah. we couldn't get DAs for it. And like, it's really weird to think, but like, you know, you wouldn't buy a lounge without buying a house to put that lounge in, and that's yeah. what we had done. We had bought an arena, but we didn't have a house to yeah. put the arena in, and so we just got a hundred grand in metal, rusting <laughs> and rusting and rusting. Oh. So the location scout for Flip Out at the time was like, mate, listen, and we were hounding. When I say we were hounding him, bro, like my mum, bro, my mum's an old Lebanese lady, and when yeah. she tries to have a full English conversation with you, you've done something wrong. Yeah. And it's yeah. like she came at him multiple, like it was real bad. Like we we were like, oh, they've robbed us, like at one point. We were like 100% oh, you'd feel there. like that, Dude, man. I was just like, dropped yeah, grand. man, and, and I'm running around, I'm opening tweet heads, I'm opening fucking uh, just the most ridiculous locations, yeah. and I'd sit there and be like, so how's ours going? Yeah. When can that happen? You know what I mean? But I guess the great thing is I saw all these locations and I just took everything. Were, were the other ones that were popping up being successful? Yeah, killing it. Because oh, wow. the, the whole flip out, uh, the whole trampoline park was rage craze. was insane. Yeah. So they were just killing it. And I'm there and I'm seeing the money come in and I'm reporting. Yeah, when and fucking, I'm like, when, when bro? Are yeah. Money? But like I said, the best experience was opening all those stores, building them because mm. I was the only self-sufficient franchise in the whole organization. There's... Yeah. I, I can tell you now there was no one doing it. Like if something broke, I'd strap that fucker up for six months and no one would know about it. Like, because yeah, anyway, that's a whole thing. But, um, uh, where was I? So yeah. So we ended up, so, uh, the location scout goes, Madge, you're not going to like it, but we found a place in Nara. I'm like, give it to me. Yeah, give it to me it right point. now. From the moment of that call, we drove down to Nara, went to Ray White, got the key to the building, opened the building, started cleaning. Uh, this is like a two and a half thousand. It's two and a half thousand in land space and fourteen hundred in floor area. So we had fourteen hundred square meters to play with. Huge. That's massive. It's like ten meters. It's like mm. it was ten meters high. It was insane. Eleven eleven days from the moment we got the key, which was April the fourteenth, we opened up, and it was. You set that whole place up in eleven days. We set 
an arena up in 11 uh, okay, days yeah. because no one else would be allowed to set up just an arena and open. I own, it was just me that they allowed me to do that. And I mm. think a lot of franchisees caught on. They're like, what does motherfucker have so, what so did, much what, special? What else did they have to do? Uh, well, who's that? Sorry. Like you said, only like you could open up with just an arena. Yeah, what, yeah. what else? Was so like... because I was in a uh, JV with the, the CEO of Flipout, yeah. um, my deal. So obviously, you know, I was building my like respect and trust within the proper within sweat the, equity. Yes. Man. Like, and that's really why he allowed was, me to do right? it. Cause he got, yeah. he knew I could run a, uh, run a store and yeah. make it money. And you know, when you learn to flip, you become an asset to performing what we're trying Getting to sell. People in, right? And I flipped bro. Like, as you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not scared to flip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But um, but basically, essentially, you got to get some videos for this part of him flipping. Yeah. There's so many videos <laughs> for the to me on the table, <laughs> yeah. just going through the table. Um, but at that point, the deal was we run it, um, do every everything we can to make the money, and when the when majority of the money's made, he would put in X amount of dollars to buy the next section, which yeah. would be the kids arena. Yeah. So now we can have thirty more patrons in here. At the you know mm-hmm. in the in the in. Just extra, um, a foam pit, uh, wall runners, oh, the whole shebang. So all the, yeah, yeah. That happened over two years. Yeah. we did. We we were empty. Like we only had one arena for nine months. So, yeah. um, you know, although we threw our doors up and we had about 300, 400 people come in that first day, I yeah. think we probably made like 15, 20 grand cash. Yeah, nice. Which was such a great feeling to know, like even with an arena, we can do it. Like yeah. this is gonna work, you know. Um, uh, so yeah people got really bored really quick of just having that arena. And yeah. so I was stuck just going, when are we going to get all this extra equipment? Like yeah. you're essentially losing the trust of the who, community. Who the was point. it up to, to organize that? Was it you it guys? Was head off- it, was, head it was head office. office, but you know, we, we weren't patient enough. We ended up uh, building a whole cafe. Yeah. Repainted the whole place. We we're like, we just got to do something to get people in here. Mm. We had already spent our part of the deal. And our yeah. part of the deal was the hundred grand. His yeah. part of the deal was the rest Everything of it. Else. But like over three years, you're you're setting us up for a real rocky failure here. Anyway, saved up a lot of money, and then uh, my business partner at the time, Maurice, came along, mm-hmm. um, and he had a partner at the time, and he wanted to open an orange. I set that up for mm-hmm. him, and off they went, owning their own franchise. So they orange. had their own. Well, I helped them sell it because yeah. I was that in with the company, yeah. and. Um, and I didn't know what I was selling. Like, I could sell you the excitement of having a place. I couldn't tell you about the numbers or the yeah. ROI or any of the legal shit or the insurance yeah. stuff. I'd be like, this place is great for money. Yeah. And you should buy one too if you want cash. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit like that. But um, but essentially, he was like, I want to do more because he realized, oh, this, mm. is, this is really cool. I guess because I had in, he was Was he like, finding success in Orange? Oh, yeah, yeah. Orange was real cool. Like, it was the first trampoline park to hit that side of I, I You know, Wales, I shouldn't, so. like, laugh when you say, like, Nara and stuff, but I, I know how the whole story ran. And Dude, stuff. But, the, like, the if, town- you're, if you're in Nara and you're open for that, that's a fucking one of the best things to do. Like, you know it, what I mean? Like, you build insane. a community around that. It was insane. We, yeah. We, I was so proud of it. Um, yeah, yeah, We were yeah, so engaged with, with helping the community. We were doing so many, like... We do, like, a like a, a, a Saturday barbecue every couple of weeks and, and donate people, the money yeah. to... Uh, cancer foundations and actually I remember the most proudest moment I had was early on there's uh, a little kid who was battling cancer yeah. uh, stage four neuroblastoma the worst of the worst and he couldn't be there he was so sick he couldn't mm. be there but bro Nara turned up bro they raised so much money for this yeah. kid we put on a, we put on a live flipping show for him he watched it through FaceTime that's beautiful it's those moments you can be like it's not even money anymore it's not even passion it's just it's putting the focus on someone else yeah. and it was just the coolest thing ever that and we were obviously in the newspaper mm. for it and I think that's what really set our foundation but when the equipment started rocking up so to, to yeah. like in 2016 essentially when the equipment started rocking up that's when I really started to understand the business model of flip yeah. out and from there I went cool I need 
X amount of dollars to buy an arena. Yeah. Let's take this motherfucker the ba- to Bathurst. Yeah. And we did. We bought another arena, Maurice and I, because t- we had partnered up at the time. Yeah. After he did Orange, we sent it to Bathurst and we yeah. just opened it up one summer and ran it. And then we we're like, where did sh- you run it for him? In just Bathurst? in a showgrown. And, okay, yeah. and we oh, rented. Also, undercov- undercover, not, not covered? No, not covered. It was outdoor. So Bathurst. What do you had do nothing. when it rains? You just put covers over it? Jump. And slip and slide. Okay. Dude, yeah, yeah get the party <laughs> yeah. going. Who gives a fuck? Just have a good time, that, damn it. Was that legal? With Probably insurance? not. But who gives <laughs> yeah. a shit? Like, guys, just do it, right? Like, it's it's way more funner, 100%. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. you know, if you're asking. But these uh, are like two 18 year old kids running a business, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how, how old is Maurice? He's probably like a couple of years yeah, older than me. But yeah, yeah. At, when we opened. Um, when we opened. Uh, yeah, Bathurst, I think I was like 18 at the time. So I think mm. I'd just turned 18. But anyway, we ran a successful summer campaign mm, yeah and it, and it gave us enough money to take our setup and you made you, you made your money back from oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we made we made the arena money back like oh, that perfect. um and then we're like well shit we can't just store this thing it's a money maker yeah what other town reflects orange reflects narrow that we can just send this thing up to get a cheap lease yeah. and off it goes and we found Bundaberg. yeah and how much like, gear is like a full truck's worth of stuff uh, so a whole so a 40 uh, a whole arena will fit in a 40 foot container Okay. So yeah, so it's just it's metal springs, pads, and tra- like you yeah, know trampoline. It's not much. Unassembled, you right? just got to Tetris the shit out of it. Yeah. And I always had the job of being at the back of the container. Yeah, bro. You know how many spiders are in the back of that thing? Like because yeah. this stuff was coming from like overseas. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what spiders these are. These are international spiders. <laughs> these are international spiders, bro, crawling yeah. on me, and I'm sweating bullets. Anyway. We picked up our setup, we went to Bundaberg, and we just built another store. And we went, and, uh, you had a lease there? Yep, got a lease. We told the head office, we were like, can we have the license yeah. for Bundaberg, please? Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to ask you questions. We have we have no time for questions. We're in Bundaberg right now. We're <laughs> building it right now. Well, we need the fucking license. What question? Why did you need a license? Why did you well, need Well, it's them? a franchise, right? So, yeah, you but know, why didn't you make it Madge's flipping? Oh, well, because right? we'd still had contracts with them. You know, oh, like, yeah, Well, that's okay. a fantastic idea. It's incredibly hard to... Like they built a franchise model quick, so they had the best of the best franchising okay. this thing and making it bulletproof. So if any franchisee wanted to try and f the company you over, can't. good you, luck. You know, yeah, you could yeah. try, you could do it overseas, and you can get away with, you know, uh, making your, you know, the money yeah. for yourself for a year, which happened so many times. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, anyway, we we went and set up in Bundaberg six weeks. We had six weeks to set this mother mother mm. up and. We were knocking down walls and we were, bro, we, I became construction man. Yeah. I'm, uh, if you need anything built in here, just let me know. Like, I remember <laughs> talking to you and like, I'd be FaceTime you and you'd literally have one of those like sticky cutting Dude, steel I'm welding, bro. Welding. I learned how to weld because it's too expensive to hire yeah, welders yeah. in a small business. So let's figure it out. Do um, it all yourself. Huh? Did it all ourselves. So we went to Bundaberg. We, we actually brought, funny enough that you say that mm. uh, about the welding. We brought a welder to us in Bundaberg. He was a flip out employee in Port Macquarie. Yeah. Picked him up on the way, <laughs> and we we're like, "We're gonna need you for a little bit. Come, come on, come on down." Anyway, did Bundaberg? That was pumping. So now yeah. I had Nara. We moved Bathurst to Bundaberg, mm. and I started acting school. Yeah, this is where I started acting school. I started acting school for a while, and we just kept on generating and just kept collecting as yeah. much money as we could, you know, and whatnot. And then we went, "Oh, the, so I think a year went by. So I think, I think it's like 2017, maybe 18." Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow, we have enough money." Open up another store. We should open up another store. Let's open up another store, guys. We so, should really do this. Yeah. Not that our stores were doing well. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted more stores because yeah. it was just like, once again, Fun who gives right these to, young to guys? Be, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. Like, it became very weird managing four different stores, uh, three yeah. different stores, X amount of different employees, X amount of different problems, X amount of different... But it teaches you management skills, that's yeah. for sure. Like, I can absolutely – if anyone's wondering, by the way, none of these flip-outs are standing anymore. No, they're, they're all closed. Uh, and they weren't failures. They were lessons. That's, that's what, what I had to yeah. tell myself a lot. At what point 
did it start to like turn sour? Because I know by the time that you had started your like content agency, those were became a bit of a drag on you. And so stuff, Icon right? was created based on debt. We had yeah. so much debt through the three stores. So yeah. I was like, we need another way to make money because yeah. these aren't working as as much as we tried. Mm-hmm. If you're not putting money into it, it just wasn't going to work. What, why do you think it fat? Yeah, because you didn't have a lot of money to reinvest. Uh, well, I think so. Like I said, I think that if we open up initially, initially as a full blown set out in Nara, yeah. I think we'd have we we would have had longevity success because yeah. we. We just offered everything there and then. And when you're offer, we're offering things there and then, there's a lot of marketing that goes into that. And you can start marketing yeah. and cross-marketing all your products and stuff like that. But um, Nara was actually doing hella well. Yeah. Believe it or not, my first store was always the one doing well. Mm. Um, and uh, and I guess, you know, like like when, you're not, when your heart's in something, it's going to do well. Yeah. If your heart's not in something and you're there for the money, it's not going to do well. So unfortunately, Bundaberg found mm. difficulty maybe a year and a half on. Rockhampton was a shit show from the fucking start, dude. It was like an action movie. What, I kid you what not. Because uh, I remember you driving trucks up and down the eastern. Uh, eastern seaboard. Do we have time for this story? I'll quickly circle back. But basically, we had opened Rocky once again, just yeah. the arena, right? It was a, it was a setup you to didn't it. Learn yet. Uh, huh? You hadn't learned yet. Huh? Yeah, no, no, I hadn't learned any. We didn't have enough money to really fund yeah, the thing. So, uh, built it. Got a shitty lease. This building was bad. This building mm. had holes and it leaked and yeah. it was it looked like an old uh, like uh, aeroplane. Uh, you know what are they hanger? called? Like hanger, hanger, but yeah. like rusty, rusty, super, super rusty. Anyway, things weren't going well mm-hmm. um, for X, Y, and Z reasons, and we we're like, best to get out now. Like real, real yeah. best time to get out now. So we called it among our friends of Rockhampton, and we went, hey, we need to close uh, yeah. for whatever reasons. And I think like fifty people rocked up. We stripped that thing that night. Drove to Bundaberg, three and a half hours. Hit a kangaroo on the way. Very, very fun. Dumped everything. All right, bro. It almost ended up next to me. We hit this thing so hard. Yeah, bro. But, but but it was a blessing in disguise. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? We got to Bundaberg. We emptied it out. Yeah. Um, I think later in the night, uh, our third business partner goes. The landlord is trying to lock the gates because we hadn't paid or whatever, whatever the reason whatever, was, yeah. whatever. We hadn't yeah. paid or whatever. Let's cut that part out. We have, no, no, we hadn't paid. I didn't have enough money for this shit. I was is just this, learning, Is this right? the Rockhampton one or? This is Rocky. And then we go, okay, we've had our nap. We'll get it back. We better get back up and go back to Rocky. So we go to Rocky. As had you loaded, got the gear out yet or no? We had emptied the first truck and the 40-footer followed. So we had emptied two trucks because uh-huh. uh, there was a lot of shit. By the time we closed, we had everything, just FYI. Yeah, we yeah. had already like the structure of the foam pit and shit like that. But um, but basically when we came back, the landlord came and locked the gates in front of our eyes. She changed the lock. She go, I once heard this rule, like if you're obviously like in debt with like a lease, they can lock your shit in and as, as an asset to sell it, to essentially yeah, pay okay. off your debt. But we were still in there, and so were other people. And we're like, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, you're we, still inside. We're still inside grinding and cutting and collecting springs and sweeping. Like, we're, tr- we're trying to pack. We're trying to get out of there. Yeah. We're not trying to leave it and, you know, have, yeah. the, you know, we're trying to d- d- sort our shit so out. So, did they want to lock your stuff in there to get some value? I, I'd imagine so. Yeah. So, it was like me, Maurice at the time, one or two other people, and, and we're like, well, there's nothing more valuable here other than metal. There's not much they can do. We've got everything. And they locked us in because yeah. we're busy, well, like cutting and grinding, and there's music playing. By the time we came out, we saw that she's at the front taking photos. She's locked the gate. I'm like this fucking bitch. And then we got in our car, we mm. loaded the 40 foot container up, and we just drove through the gate oh, because no. we didn't have to come back to Rockhampton. <laughs> <laughs> so we oh. and it was great because the thing was already damaged because of the kangaroo, so yeah. it didn't look like you know. I, w- I don't think I'm dumb enough to just smash the gate and cause damage to the truck, but. 
R.I.P. Kangaroo see put us in I'm, the lead. See what I mean? You're how old by this point? You're like <laughs> I'm like nine, maybe twenty, twenty. How like much shit you went through at nineteen, twenty, bro? I can't believe you're still standing on the half the time. <laughs> might not stories. be, bro. People could be after me. I don't know, but yeah. So that was an experience, and um, <clears throat> in the meantime, doing all that, we did a clothing label. Mm. We broke even on that. We were just trying shit. We were yeah. like, what works, you know? Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and then and then Icon was was born because of debt. Um, and I guess that relationship fizzled out a little and I started Thicker Media. What what lessons did you learn looking back on the whole flip out experience? Don't overload your plate. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most important thing, even yeah. if you have the opportunity to do so. And I actually recently recreated that same problem in my new business. Yeah, I overloaded it and, it, and it went, yeah, it just, and it just never works, especially when it's a service-based business, mm-hmm. because that, that stuff is, that takes hours. That takes thinking. It's not something you can just get done. You yeah. know what I mean? Everything has to be done. Like ta- it's tailored, bro. Mm-hmm. Every business is different. So you're genuinely spending time on every person's problem yeah. and you're going, how can I solve this problem through video content or whatever it may mm. be? So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, just don't, o- just don't overload. I think. Do you think if instead of opening like three, four different locations, if you'd use that money to make one Epic park, like you think it would have <laughs> been any different or. Yeah. I mean, nah, not with flip out. I think mm-hmm. if I still had the passion to be in the recreational industry, mm-hmm. I would have loved to do my own. My own park yeah. with my own rules. Yeah. Not having to pay royalties yeah. through the roof and marketing yeah. fees and Did you have a non compete? Like if you signed a thing with nah, no, no non compete. Yeah. Dude, it ended like it just ended, didn't it? Like yeah. I didn't have to go in to Did sign you have any documents. Beef with them? So much beef. <laughs> yeah. So much beef we could cook. Let's cook. Like yeah. it's so much, bro. Like I had the original CEO tried to sue me. Oh, he did sue me. And then I had the new owners sue me. You know, it's so funny. And it's for something they couldn't even, like, they were trying to sue me for not paying royalties. Like, mm. but my contract stipulated that I could only pay X amount of royalties. So it was in writing. Yeah. And they, and they can't, like, you know, even though the problem is they made it so hard for anyone to get out, it was very hard for them to fuck it too. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, bro. Like, and it's very disturbing. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. It's a very weird sensation being, like, 20, getting a legal. Like, getting sued. Legal, like, paper going, this person is suing you for this. And I'm like, oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. So they maybe should have finished year 12. <laughs> <laughs> that high school certificate come in handy right now. Damn. Um, but, you know, in terms of, in terms of, um, I learned so much through Flip Out Bro. And, and if I didn't experience it, I, I, I would give no value here. Like I wouldn't know what mm. to say because I wouldn't have experienced anything. So my, my like teenage years, my early adulthood years were just, Grinding. How was your mum through that whole process? Stressing out? Or? Best friend. She's my business partner yeah. and we experience everything with each other. She's a beast, bro. Yeah. She's an absolute beast. Even at flipping, believe it or not. No way. Look, she could do a roly poly yeah, here and there, yeah. but it's it's pretty good. She taught you um, everything you know. Yeah, taught me everything I know, man. But um, no, look, we ended up closing. Uh, I don't know if you know why we closed. I'm sure you know. We closed narrow because of the fires. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you running down there. Yeah, and dude. it's like, dude, this fire is like five minutes away. It was, it, my friend was with me from overseas, mm. uh, Imi. She's from England and she was here and she was staying with me. And we woke, so I, I opened up one day and it was hot. Oh, bro, like, I remember there's like flaming leaves bro, in front of you. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it was like, we knew the fires were about. Yeah. But we didn't know how close. This is the really intense. bad year of fires. This is, 20, like two, this three is years ago. 31st of December 2020. Sorry. Oh, the, not even, not the, even this, two years ago. Yeah. yeah, not even two years ago. So 31st of December 2020, I opened up the doors for the first half of the day because I know I was going to go down to Sydney for New Year's Eve. Yeah. That was a given. Yeah. And I open up and a family rocks up and they pay for an hour and I'm up, up, I'm up there with them. I think I go to take a call. I look back, bro, gone. I'm like, where, the, where have they gone? Have they like snuck up to the offices? I'm looking for them. I look out in the car park, gone. There's no car. And I'm like, what's the, 
what what happened? Did I do something? I walk up to the front gates, bro. I turn around. Hell is coming over <laughs> Nara, bro. The black and red flames have just engulfed the back back of the kind of the industrial area that we were at. Bro, it looked like a mouth closing up and I'm like, ah, oh, that's why they left. Yeah, 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 safety. I forgot about that. So I closed the gates. I put the roller doors down and uh, I've got this image. I'll send it to you guys if you want to add it in. But like... Regional folks, they know shit about fires. Yeah, they know yeah, a thing or two you're, about you're fires. Not, not, I, d- I, I think I was regional enough to copy but not look like a classic yeah. regional person. You didn't have a proper plan. I didn't place. even have a proper hose because what happened was <laughs> this guy had his fire extinguisher hose out and he's mm. watering his building. Oh, so you stayed to defend the, the building? I was ready, bro. I was ready to fight, right? So I'm spraying. I see the guy spraying mm. and I'm like, oh, good idea, good idea, good idea. Yeah. His building's way lower than us so yeah. he could reach the top. I got a goddamn garden hose without the, without the filter on top. Oh, no. I have to put my finger in the thing. And I'm standing there on this rendered wall and you just see the wall get wet. And like, like, like if, a, if a fire came, it wouldn't have done anything. That's how yeah. ridiculous it was. Yeah. I think by the, when I watched the footage, I was like, damn, that's dumb. What that's was I, so dumb, man. You should have just realistically... You should have just left, man. I did. I did. ended up leaving because yeah, it was like it was like I said, it was New Year's Eve. So I was like, let's get out of here. Did it, um, did it get destroyed? Or you were lucky? No, no, no. It, it didn't get destroyed. It was it was fine, but like it just dried out business so bad that there was no recovery from yeah. it. There's no way you could recover unless you had 100 G's to drop. No one had money. People were stranded. People were stranded for weeks, bro. So mm. it was a great time to close. How did you How did you wrap it all up? Did you sell all the gear? Kind of try and settle as many debts as you could. Um, so basically, we liquidated it. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. went. Like I'm not gonna At sit there and start selling metal yeah. and springs and mats. I just I just don't have the time for it. And I think my 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 time in Nara came to an end. So every day I was there closing it, I was just going a little bit mad because I knew yeah. I could have this big film production happening in Sydney. Yeah. And and I'm because you lived that. in Nara for a bit when you were seven there. Right? Years. Seven, seven years, seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But I had started, like I said, I up here. There. So you started Icon down Well, there. as you know, I used to drive to have every, skin coat. Every, every shoot with my computer. Yeah. Or like I'd rock up with my computer or everything. all the gear, bro. And that's two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were passionate about whatever we did, bro. And at what, what point did you buy that Merc? Because that was another... Bit gracious, of the Merc. <laughs> this is a... That's my I mean, nightmare. This, this is like... I feel like... Not that he did anything bad or that a lot of people don't do, but this is a very relatable lesson that I see a lot of people kind of get in the habit of. They make a bit of money and they think it's just always going to be this easy maybe to make money. And at a young age, you buy a expensive brand new Mercedes. So tell me your experience with this. Whoever did that. That's so dumb, Madge. Uh, (laughs) um, Dude, uh, yeah, when when you're getting like three different pay slips from three different flip outs and, Mm. you know, you can see – you can see growth. And like yeah. I said, I started acting at that period where we had two to three stores. Yeah. And I, I'd ne- like as a young adult, I'd never had so much savings. And by the way, it's not much savings. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not like, huge. But it was it, it was great. Like it was yeah. good for a 20-year-old. And I'm like, well, we've got enough businesses. Surely we could buy two a couple of Mercedes, Mercedes <laughs> on one of the businesses. Yeah. Which one's performing well enough to take this dumb debt? And um, and we did. We bought, we bought two C200 convertible Mercedes. And look, while I did regret it, yeah. It was a very fun time. Yeah. Just like, well, I want to say, don't go out and buy dumb shit. Don't go, don't go out and buy dumb shit, but maybe go like rent a nice car for yeah, a day. Like don't feeling. go blow 130 grand on a car, go and rent it for a G. You know, mm. well, that's a, well, that's a lot of money. Mm. It's not much when you're comparing it to, you know, 140 grand and you're personally liable. Ah, Mercedes is so good, bright coming after you and you miss it. Yeah, I betcha. <laughs> 
What did that give for you though? Like you kind of, what you touched on is kind of like this visualization law of attraction, but like if you drive yeah. in this car, it makes you think like, okay, I, I 100%. Needed, yeah. There was a lot of things that happened when, when I drove that car, there was a lot of feelings I felt, there was a lot yeah. of thoughts I had. And at the time, because we were working with you guys a mm. lot and you were really just kind of getting into everything that you're mm. into now, you know? And I think once you kind of have that material around you, yeah, I think you, you give yourself a different perspective and you, and you start, there's much more confidence in that perspective, yeah. you know, like, oh, cool in this nice car, mm. I'm driving down the coast. Not many people can have yeah. the opportunity to drive the, down the coast. A lot, a lot of things, be, I became more grateful for a lot of things. Like it's when you have something really cool, like a car like yeah. that, I became grateful for a lot of little things that I never used to. Oh, really? So that's yeah, one thing that yeah. did work because I knew it wasn't going to last forever. And I better get used to being grateful for even the simplest of stuff, mm. even if I don't have this thing. So yeah. it taught me that. Um, but yeah, it gave me so much confidence and it just says confidence is everything. It doesn't work with girls. <laughs> a lot of old men will ask how that car is and drives. So don't expect to pick up women <laughs> yeah. when you buy Mercedes. That's a hot tip from Match. Um, yeah. No, another thing that I, I uh, not that I do on purpose, but like I try now, like I don't really buy designer clothes. Like, nah. It's just a waste of money. Yeah. But the thing that I, and maybe this I is I love how I that, looked straight at your shirt. I was like, is that designer? What no, is that? Let me get a This good is <laughs> thrifted from one of the vintage stores in Newtown, man. What's I've, gone, I've gone all the way the other way, bro. Expensive. I hardly buy new clothes, man. Because you went through a period where you were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like decked out with some of the I've most incredible s- wear I've ever seen. S- I bought like three pairs of Gucci shoes in like a couple That's of months, like in like a month. And <laughs> anyway, but the point, like, why? And like, if someone you don't have a lot of money, like, please do not go and fucking buy Gucci or Louis or, or no. any of that sort of stuff. But when I was doing it, like, it would do something to me, like. <sighs> It gave me some sort of energy in a way. It wasn't the t-shirt or the shoes, whatever I took home, but it was the experience being in there. And like, it's kind of like that, a small taste of like, oh, you know that saying, oh, this is how the other other side lives. I get you. I get you. And like how well you're treated by their staff and like their customer service is amazing. And just maybe go in there. If you don't really have the money to buy that stuff now, go in there, act like you do, you know, dress well. Let them, you know, bring you everything. Let them yeah, give you a coffee yeah. or a water. And just experience that. And it's a really cool, like, anchoring or visualization tool. Like, okay, I remember how that feels. That feels like, so yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to go and live a, and believe that I can buy all this stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? I 100% agree with you. I think, um, and to add on to that, like, the Mercedes gave me a lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I yep. started seeing that I could live this really mm. cool kind of lifestyle. So, yeah, it elevated a lot of experiences mm. for me in that sense. Um, and like even before the Mercedes, like I'd go and take a car for a test drive that yep. I obviously couldn't afford. But mm. it's just to get that taste of like yep. what it it's, could it's be. It's motivating, right? It's motivating. And it's like it's whether you like that stuff or not, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. like whatever gives you that drive, that little kick in the ass whatever to go, it is. I want more of that, you know. And, and yeah. it could be uh, it could be cars, it could be clothing, it could be traveling. Whatever mm-hmm. it is for you, just trying to try and give yourself that taste of that, that future that you could have. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's for me traveling, I think is the biggest thing, but like for me, travel. Uh, was the, did you go to, when was the last time you traveled? Was it when you oh, went to LA? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I haven't been overseas since, um, like early February, 2020. Like I, uh, was in New York. I did was with the Gary V thing. And then yeah, I went oh, to LA right. after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I haven't been away since. I think I'm going to go to London in Ooh, a few months. That's so. going to be lovely. But um, yeah, traveling for me is kind of the thing that re- like to put myself in a position where I can travel wherever I want and yeah. whenever I want, that's, that's cool. going to light me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's for me is one of the biggest things. It's having that freedom. Yeah. The freedom. Um, now you mentioned before, which I didn't really like, Icon was built out of debt. Yes. 
okay, did you already have these skills of editing and video, like, and, and, and taking video or how did that, like, when did you start taking yeah. it seriously as a business? So, yeah, so I Icon Media Co., which was my first video mm -hmm. production business, it was built out of debt. And the reason I say that is because, because of all these flip outs, mm -hmm. you know, because they weren't making enough money, essentially, yeah. debt started coming about and we had to start paying for them. So, um, I was already interested in filmmaking, like I said, acting, like even mm -hmm. when I was in Lebanon, I was acting, uh, before Lebanon, I was acting. So I was always interested in the creative world. I only really started um, playing with cameras at 15 from 15 to like 17 yep. um, is when I is when I really picked it up and then come like 18 19 yeah. the debt was born but I had built enough <laughs> skill to to start actually paying yeah. those debts through video but m the whole my whole like commercial side of video started in rocky like yep. so when we were doing that flip out up there you know, I, I tried to use my skills as best as I can to market yeah. the store and it worked, but I had a lot of clients just up there um, mm. throwing money at me to help them do whatever it was they were after. But yeah, dude, like, it, I know it's weird to say it was built out of debt, and I'm, but I'm incredibly grateful. Like, mm. even then, like, I even did uh, 100 days of YouTube. So, oh, you did? Yeah, hey, like, yeah. so it's actually very funny. All these things I'm saying kind of line in the same period. That's why it's a little bit, yeah. like, disastrous. But I, I did 100 days of vlogging. At the same time, I had Rocky, Bundaberg, yeah. and Nara. At the same time, I was doing uh, – no, not, not at the same time I was doing Happy Skin. It was probably just before. Just I before. Up just before. But, but I was still doing other client work. Yeah. So I had the client work to work on. I had my vlogs to edit every day and post. Then I had to travel and yeah. still keep all that you know maintenance Mental. up. So I'm incredibly grateful for that debt because it made me – um, sorry, I'm incredibly, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that debt because it made me a better filmmaker. Yeah. And then it also gave me enough confidence to start the vlogs on YouTube, which built thicker media. Yeah. What inspires you? That's a great question. Um, like a little bit of everything and anything. I can feel inspiration anywhere. It could be a song. Mm -hmm. It could be an image. It could be a scene out of a movie. You know, it could be... I, I'm, I'm a very energetic person, as you yeah. know, so I think I react off energy a lot. Um, and um, things have to, like, a lot of things have to align for me to be inspired. But the more I can kind of work my lifestyle, the more those alignments happen. To create that, those moments. For yeah, you exactly. You, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, dude, like, you're inspiring. Like, what mm. you're doing is insane. Like, I've already, I've, I've, I've already thought of a really cool, uh, like, I wanted to do this idea where yeah. it was like, it's like a bit of a talk show host type thing, but yeah. it's like, the inspiration came from this room. Yeah, like that's, that's the cool. insane thing about it, yeah. you know? So it can come in any way and it, Dude, it comes in any we form. We still need to make that short film, bro. I've got oh, those I screenshots. Know, bro. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, is we have the best short film idea. I, I still remember it. Bro, I, still I still remember, remember it. I've got this, I've literally got the screen, the, the photos of that whiteboard where we storyboarded everything. Oh my God. Well, he, we were at, uh, it was your cousin's wedding. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Um, there was a fire pit and. It kind of went off the back to like the wood. Do you remember that video? That I yeah. made, yeah, it was off that. So yes. Dylan and I have been wanting to do a short film for years now. Yeah, we like haven't yeah, done it, right? Whatever. Yeah. But it's a very intense short film, and to be honest, I think it's I think it's competition worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sure. it can cycle around. I think um, so. If we but, execute it the way we spoke about it, absolutely. But it I'm glad we didn't do it then because oh, you so know much how good it would be now. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly. much better now. So insane. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, the idea of the short film came about where Dylan walked by a fireplace, mm. and I went, "Oh, that looks good. Yeah, go back." Yeah, and then we filmed it. <laughs> and we, we filmed it. I edited it with some intense music. Music and like, yeah, just like, I don't know what, yeah, the, the music just created this it like mood. Worked. And it was like this five second clip of me walking out from the bushes with yep. like a coat. Bro, remember how fucking cold it Dude, was? it was the it worst. Was free. This is in like Razorback, which I is like. I completely forgot how cold it was. It was like, 
out past like that Camden. That shit hurt the bones. That was, dude, we were freezing <laughs> to the bones. Yeah, dude, it was really, really um, cold. Yeah, and then we watched this like five second clip and it's like made us like, let's write a short film. Yeah, it did. And, and from the thing this is, one it is clip. written, like we still can do it. We can do it. We've got it all storyboard. A hundred percent. Like that's one of the things we were just talking about before is is a risk. It's a, And it's the same thing for me where I don't think I could live any other way. I love it, but being aware of it and making sure it doesn't affect neg- negatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking on too many things. Yes. Because I've, I have so much energy. I'm so excited as well. And like, I think probably if I look at my life, I can probably go really hard on three projects. Sure. But sometimes I'm trying to work on five. And then when I'm trying to work on five, I notice they all start to suffer. So the last actual, like it's the last year has been about like, obviously I have the podcast and another thing I'm yep. working on. So there's new things coming, but then like saying no to a lot of the other things that I was yeah. started getting myself yeah. into. Well, can I ask, ask you a mm. question? Do you, mm. uh, do you find it hard to say no to things? Uh, yes and no. Especially if they interest you, you know, but you just, you know. Uh, yes and no. Um, two years ago, yeah, big time. Sure. And because um, I just wanted to do everything. But then I had to go through it and then being realistic and looking what happens when I try. Yeah, like I've yeah, tried. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to do every single thing. Yeah. And you just can't do it. Yeah. So now it's like I realize everything you say, like there's a thing like people say, say yes as much as you can, which is great. But when you're in my position, say yes as much as you can. But then every time you're saying yes to something, it means you're actually saying no to something, something else. else. Absolutely. And – I just couldn't, I was spreading myself too thin. So yeah. I had to start culling certain things yeah. or like kind of backing out of things. But that's thing, that short film, man, that's something I want to do for me, not to make yeah, money. Yeah, or no, to it's do. not so a, yeah. for sure. I will, we'll do it, man. Like, should we make if, it official on here that we sign should the contracts, set. bro? <laughs> well, get the flip the out lawyers. Get the flip out lawyers. There's no, need a contract sign. We can't get out of this. Um, I think we, I think we should make it official. We, we should like, do it. Set a date for production at least. Dude, just to know that we're in production. It really, as a small side project until we get up, like, as it's, like, approaching, like, a shoot date and stuff, it wouldn't really take that much time. Not at all. Like, no. it, and you don't want it to take a long time. No, no, no. Because yeah. you just get too drained from it. Yeah, like, yeah. a two-day shoot max. Yeah, yeah. You know, or yeah. a two-night shoot based yeah. on the idea we have. That's pretty wild. Yeah, you'll all see. You'll all see. <laughs> you'll It'll see. be my big return to acting. It'll be in theatres uh, all of next year. Uh, 2024. <laughs> it's going to it's going to release up against Oppenheimer. Have yeah, you seen yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But I'm so keen for that. Anyway, yeah. let's move on before we finish on talk about right. uh, Ticker Media. You yes. said now again. How did you? How did we start working with you at Happy Skin? Like, did you? Did you kind of know George? Was it through yeah, George so, at the start? Yeah, we went to we went to the same acting school. Well, for I was a while. there as well. Do you go Pulse as well? That's right. You you did go to the Pulse. No, didn't you? yeah. Why didn't I see you? But you I were was, advanced. I was pretty. You know, you guys. I were, wasn't good enough. Yeah, legitimately. In 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 other words, yeah, like yeah. your words. No. I was a beginner. I did the nine well, no, week program. Re- really, like it was just how long you'd been there. Been yeah, there, really, no, like, exactly. Like even George, like I barely ran into him. Like mm. I barely. Like, actually, the one time I ran into him mm. was at a like a zebra crossing, and okay. I think because like because he had a quite a popular following then, and he had yeah. done a lot of funny videos. You and know I'm like, what, dude? I was showing them. George's old videos literally last week when we were driving Dude, back from Reading. I actually did a video off one of his junkie character the videos the other day. Did you see that? Have you seen that one? Oh, no. You made a video of I it. I made a video the other day, literally off ah. it. You know, I'll have to show you. Yeah, show dumb me as fuck. But um, uh, where was I? Yeah, so you guys were pumping mm-hmm. and you guys were after content mm-hmm. and I saw George make a status on Facebook. Ah. So obviously I was this friends with like him. This is like really early on though. We like didn't, so early yeah, on. You would have like, just moved out of whoever's house yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, George's house. George's house, yes. Yeah, so you would have just signed the lease on that Preston's yeah, place. yeah, yeah. 
He made the status. I, uh, I, I think I inboxed him. I was friends with him because of acting, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I shared my shit. I assume so he would have seen the stuff mm. that I that I did. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, bro, that first shoot with all the models. Yeah. And the oh, horrific so lighting. Fun. Oh uh, my god! If you guys lighting. saw it, you'd kick me out. You'd kick me out. You'd be like, don't ever film hey, again. Hey, those videos made us money, man. Oh, yeah, I know, they right? They made they, us they, a lot of money. Well, you know what I'm really proud of? Like, once we started shooting more with each other, mm. I think because... Oh, we learned so much, right? Yeah, we but do you remember that up. video that got stolen 10 billion times? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's safe to say that we created oh. a trend at one point oh, in sure. the ad world yeah, and yeah, yeah. everyone copied. Everyone started copying that style. But it was like it was disturbing to the point of how much they copied oh, it was, everything. I'm yeah. talking camera angles and like the actress doing something. It wasn't they'd... like at first they were stealing our content. Then they were doing absolutely everything, everything. they could to replicate a happy skin color. And it Which, was different, like yeah. different people. Like they actually did it. It was just everyone, everyone tried to copy it. it to a T. Can I ask you something? Mm. How many letters did your lawyer send out in that period of time? Because I remember, I remember that period of time was oh. it was like you were getting like. <sighs> an absurd amount of reports every day. Yeah. Honestly, I couldn't even, there were takedowns every day, multiple. <laughs> Letters from a lawyer probably only got that far, maybe 10, 20 times. That's but a lot actual of takedown requests, like the, 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 what are they called from Shopify or Google? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single day, multiple, two, three, four. That's but insane. We ended up like, so we had to sue someone by as well and then settled. See, I'm know. proud. You see, coming from a background of people suing me, it's glad yeah, that uh, yeah. I can make a piece of content. <laughs> I know. But that was great. Like, um, uh, it was incredible to see that we've literally made a formula that worked yeah. and kept on working. For eight, for like two years, like everyone copied while, it until yeah. the latest um, kind of change with advertising VCOM. It's all UGC. Very like, yeah. It's predom- oh, we, we went from actually the style we had with your videos and then we had a year that we went like, Really high production value, like the three D yes, stuff, yes, the yes, motion yes, I remember that killed that. it for a while. That was a busy period. That for was me busy, either. and then we had now it's like all UGC and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that when you guys hired that that company and they did that three D <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Do you know how many videos I used to give you per request? That they'd request like you'd request like, oh, I need fucking ten for New Zealand oh, and ten yeah. for Australia. Yeah, and, 10, yeah. and I'm sending you thirty videos at this point, yeah. which is by the way all on that hard drive. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like going through it. But um, yeah, oh, dude, it was bro. such an incredible experience working with you guys yeah. early on, and it's been it's been so cool to see you guys develop mm. and just do different things. But oh, it's night and day to where we were in before. Oh, like, night and day. Business. Yeah. And do you remember 100%. how we used to unload the shoots? Oh, what do you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just got dodgy. It dodgy was so dodgy, man. This reminds shoot. me of like a, it sounds like almost like a flip out thing. Yeah. So we had at our, our first Happy Skin Co. warehouse, um, the, we, had the, we had a mezzanine throughout, so a split level, two level, um, but the roller door went all the way up. Yep. So the roller door went all the way up and we had this big room towards the front upstairs that we just used to shoot in. We didn't use it for stock, we didn't use it for anything. And then like we could roll the roller door all the way up and then it was just like off this, there's nothing. Like you could just walk straight <laughs> yeah, off you could literally the walk first off door. It. And then there was so much gear and we had all the stuff to pack up. So instead of going down and down the stairs, you're just like throwing shit off. But it was efficient. Quicker. It was efficient, man. But Time um, is money. Yeah. So like through through that, you guys were the reason I I could earn. You know, you Mm. you guys were the reason I could offer e-com content just because I didn't know what it was when I first started. You learned so much. Like we all did, man. Yeah, dude. It was insane. We'd see things that would inspire us and be like, Mash, how how, How, how do we want to do this? this? You're like, I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. Two hours and be like. Yeah. YouTubing. Like, and how did you figure those things out? Like, oh yeah, YouTube was YouTube. the biggest teacher, man. Like, if anyone's, if anyone's, 
wondering where they can learn or how they can start. Mm. Like YouTube is the best uh, foundational yeah. start to anything. It doesn't even matter how technical it is. Mm. There's something on YouTube yeah. for you to learn. And do you still add it off Adobe? Like, Yeah, still an Adobe baby. Uh, would wish they'd fix all their bugs immediately. <laughs> ASAP Rocky, thank you very much. But uh, I just, I can't, I can't. I can't bring myself to learn a new yeah. platform. There's too many buttons, too many shortcuts, <laughs> yeah. Man, too much I'm... raging. I've raged too much on Premiere to give up this early. Do you know what I mean? But I remember there would be things as well. We'd be talking like, and this is like the fucking how hard we used to work and how long. We'd be on the phone 1 a.m., oh, 1.30, 2 a.m., like fucking multiple times a week. And it was like nothing. And like, I'd be like, okay, Madge, can you send me this video? You're like, yeah, it's done. And just for some reason, <laughs> it won't, there's some stupid thing. And you're like, I'm like, all right, something's bro. not working. I'm like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like, I'd have, I'd wake I up the next day. Times. I'd have like an email from Madge, like 4.30. Like, okay, I just finished it out. It <laughs> I finished. think it worked. Let me know. Check yeah, it out. Yeah. Don't text me until 12. Yeah. yeah, dude, I actually miss those times so much. And I, I even reminisce with Toby, because obviously mm. Toby and I connected that in, yeah. that, in that period as well. Uh, and and Toby was just a random customer from oh. Flipout, by the way. Is that how you met yeah, Toby? Bro. Who he became was... like your this kind of like second man for yeah, the agency? Yeah, like, like he just he, we just we just partnered up, and you know he was at every shoot, you mm. know, like he was there, mm. you know, and he puts in the work and he puts in the effort. I yeah. love him so much, um, and we're still working together today, and which is what, incredible. We were talking about off camera. You were producing these short films for oh, some big creator. Gracious. Tell me about that. Yeah, dude, I run into shit all the time because yeah. like, well, something works for a while, something has to come and ruin it, right? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, so I, I, I met some uh, some dudes overseas. They ran an agency. They essentially managed the biggest influencers you can think of. And I don't know how. Yeah. Some insider type stuff, yeah. I guess. And essentially they just had a roster of influencers, big mm. ones, big, 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 big ones. And um, uh, there was this one ex-NFL player and yeah. he was um, – yeah, essentially went from NFL turned preacher, which was awesome. So cool. he found his audience, found his voice. And then I guess he wanted um, at the time, or it's still happening at the moment, but, you know, if you've got a, a short film over three minutes, you can monetize it given that you've ticked off yeah. X amount of views and followers and whatnot. So given that this, this is guy, on Facebook, this right? is on Facebook, just Facebook. So given that this guy had five, six, not a lot views, of people talk about monetizing video through Facebook like they do YouTube. Dude, well, I can, I can tell you if you're looking at starting and you have the opportunity to do it because even though we weren't earning the money yeah. from the monetization, we could see how much they'd make. Yeah. And um, it's like absolutely anything. It's like friends, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I read this maybe a few months ago, but friends still makes up to a billion dollars a year in syndication. Oh, I know. The act, I know the actors make like over 20 million. 20 million years. a year, exactly. So you do the math and, and it works out. So it's like what I quickly realized about Facebook and Facebook monetization and, and creating mm. content for Facebook is you could repost these and generate more money. And more money and more money if you have an arsenal of this. How so do you, yeah, do you, do you need certain size of like? It had to be a minimum of three minutes yep. so you can hit monetization. And um, everyone was different. So we created for two different people. No, sorry, we created for the one person, but we tried out all these different ideas. Yeah. So essentially, the context or the, the concept of these short films where we had to essentially, when you watch it, you go, you, you know someone's right and you know someone's wrong. Like it's day and night. So it's very obvious cringe stories. Like mm. from a story perspective, wasn't proud. But when we put everything together, uh, the views we were getting was absolutely How insane. How many views did you get? So our first short film that we released um, ended up landing, probably wrapped up at around 30 million views. It stopped going up after that. 30 million views. 30 million views, thousands of comments. And that video probably made about 30 to 40 grand Aussie. And we made that in a night with act, people that didn't know how to act per se. Toby was the only decent actor in mm. it. Um, from there, we did another video. 
probably 700,000 views. Another one got 400. It really depended on what you did. Then we did this domestic violence piece at the yeah. end to bring awareness for domestic violence. It got like 6 million views, which I was really uh, happy about because I knew that was the last video I was doing with these guys based on yeah. our contract. Um, but from there, I learned so much about like I started getting ideas. I was like, all right, let's mm. create something. Let's create three different types of short films, deliver on them on a monthly basis, and off you go from there. And like, bro, I was seeing – I was – Getting just like Happy Skin Co, I was getting targeted with my own shit because yeah. um, because Snoop Dogg liked the video or Floyd Mayweather shared it really? because that's who they managed. Fuck, that's yeah, cool. so they're imagining like like the biggest of the big. Who's posting this? Is it one account? This one guy that posted. The, so it'd be one of their like their social media um, heads that that would be running that page for that influencer. Oh yeah, so it'd be you like know? this guy's account. Yeah, exactly, and they had probably. It's actually an incredible business model, but they probably had like 70 influencers to 100. So think about that. Oh, so it wasn't always going on the same person's page who's posting it? Uh, uh, for the majority, videos. it did. When okay. they were testing out new clients, they would take our videos and test them and they'd kill it there too. So the reach obviously had to be really good content, but these people had like a big, biggish following. Massive following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like there, there were pages that had like less following, but they'd still get pretty impressive numbers. Yeah. But um, it wasn't... Uh, uh, it wasn't the story that was getting the views. It, it it was the story that was getting the views, but it was what the story was about. So a lot the of the time right? you, needed, you needed to people Is to it react. like Jay Shetty? You know how he makes those short films based like on Like Darman. Darman's the oh, best pff, example. No, no, he's, it's it's no, no, in the no, same no. field as Jay Shetty. They okay, pretty yeah. much like work with each other quite a lot. But you're yeah. essentially going... The, the, the best way I can put to you what these videos were about was watch to the end to find out what happens. Those were the videos. So you'd have like, for yeah. example, the one that got 30 million... Uh, my brother-in-law, uh, you know, he, he'd walk in, uh, he's African-American and uh, and he's shopping and then you had this white racist worker bump into him and then from there you can kind of see where the story goes and then Hero Toby comes out, saves the day, kicks out the white guy. Like, it was shit yeah. like that. So you knew it was going to be split in the middle that's and what create noticed. attention. Bro, that's what we've noticed. If you can, any, like any of our, con like a lot of our content starting to perform really well now, but one thing and it's like you can't, it's hard to plan for, but like the one thing that makes things blow up more yeah, than anything yeah. is if we can get like a controversial topic. That's it, man. That's all it is. Like even the domestic violence one, because as part of Facebook's guidelines, you can't show a, like of course. you can't show it. Yeah. But like I pushed my limits to the last frame, bro, and I'd cut it oh. and I just I'd ample the Amped sound effect. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd literally cut to black, I think, and then it would cut to her with a red cheek. So, you know, it was very convincing and, and that was within the first 20 seconds. And the way we delivered it was through the perspective of uh, the story had a maid uh, and the maid was hearing this argument. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but these things did well and it gave me a cool taste of like viral mm. videos. Like, mm. you know, while it was cool to get 3 million views on a paid Happy Skin Co ad, yeah. it was really cool to experience 30 million views without, you yeah, know, budget. money, a yeah. budget behind it. But the comments, bro, like... A lot of people were like, I'm crying. This was amazing. You, know, you, don't know, you don't know how legit they are, but the fact that they've gone out their way to say that. Yeah, yeah. I went, yeah, that's amazing. Like I said, Toby was getting recognized. Toby got recognized in Blacksland. If anyone to know Western Sydney, for someone to recognize Toby from Nara, who's from Nara, he's not even from Penrith. Yeah. For someone to recognize him in Blacksland, these things were working. They were yeah, really getting out crazy. there. So. I, I'm super interested in doing and it. So you're interested in doing more of that sort of stuff in the future? Well, we were in talks of, uh, they had the budget to open up a, like a, a 15 different set warehouse. Whoa. Because I was thinking, how can I maximize these videos? Mm. I was relying on the, the, the locations I had and the people that were around me. But I was like, if we want to make this 
If we want to make a hundred yeah. million dollars this year, I need to have eighteen different sets that I can mm. just start sending film crews in and actors and and script. So all I'd be doing is script, actor, attach all those things. Yeah. Sorry, I said that in such a poor way. I'd organize essentially the pre-production, everything yep. from the filming crew to the actors to the locations. Yep. The locations would be ours, mm-hmm. um, which on and, and like on the other side, you'd be renting them out, so you'd be making money from that too. Yep. But they had the budget to build all this for me, and wow. I had the whole operation ready, bro. To, to the the aim was to deliver one video a day, so it was thirty short films a month. Fuck, it was a intense. big operation. It was a big operation. Like I was asking for some money because I knew they were gonna, you know, try and not yeah. spend as much. And anyway, it never went went forward. Yeah. But I know for a fact, if someone came to me and went, "Yo, here's a million dollars. Let's do it." Monetization is the way to go, bro. It's but how, insane how would you find people with an audience to? Share have, this I stuff? think I think for me, I'd want to build my own. Okay, so yeah. then that way it's hard for me. They can't just kick me out anymore because it's my face. Yeah. For example, like what I'm trying to do now is just focus on us and grow us. But yeah, you talking uh, about Tigger? Like I'm, t- I'm talking about like if I were to do my own Facebook page, for example, uh, yeah. in terms of these videos. Like if I were to do that and I wanted to control what happens, it would have to be about us and kind of mm. we'd be the actors and we'd be controlling the yeah. narrative. Whereas if we're working for another agency, they can just kick you out any time and yeah. you don't do it anymore. So. But yeah, if you want to make money from it, you have to do it yourself. But yeah. you've got to be interesting enough to have a couple of million people follow you. Fuck, that's cool, man. We'll talk about that more. That's, fu- Dude, that's fun, Dude, it's, it's interesting, you know. Mm. And um, I've got so many things I want to experience, but uh, I've got to go and experience them and come yeah. back and tell you how, how I went. <laughs> man, this, that's what I realized. The more I have these conversations with people and how they got into business and mm. there's just – there is um, – Fucking billion ways you can make money, man. So many ways. There are so many ways to make money and there is a business in everything. And you don't realize that no. when you're young, when you're in school. Even now I'm still learning like yeah. how much. But I've always seen these like predominantly in America, like there'll be these big rappers or yep. stuff and they'll be always showing these videos to their pages. That has nothing to do with them. And it's yes. millions. Exactly. So I'm that's like, who I was working for. But I, I, I know exactly <laughs> what yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. But I'm always like obviously – they're fucking managers doing it and they oh, monitor, but lot. I just never knew exactly how, how it, it works. works. Yeah, like why is Snoop Dogg posting kitten videos? Yeah. It makes no sense and it's not but in his getting lifestyle. Massive views. Huge on it. views, bro. And that's what I stumbled across. And I'm like, like if you're in video production, this is an untapped market. Mm. Because the only thing missing to the to the uh sorry, the only thing missing, like is us in terms of video guys. So like if you've got a big page and you need content, like yes, the big page is important, but so is the video aspect. So if we can build our own big page, we've completed like the trifecta, like we control everything. Do you have a plan of how you would build it? Like what would be based around? Um, Well, based on our experience, it was all these different short films, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be pushing... First of all, I don't want to be pushing agendas that don't need to be pushed. I don't want to be pushing racial agendas that don't need to be spoken about if it's not going to bring a better light to it, you know? And I think I quickly realized early on, it's like, am I dividing, you know? And that's the thing that you have to think about as a creative. Like, is my work going to divide? Which, as you said, could be good, could be bad, but in this circumstance, I wrote that first video up because I knew it was going to divide, you know? But that's what storytelling is, isn't it? But the thing is, yeah, you you say that, like, oh, do I want to create division, like – but the thing is, like, what I realized, and I, I was honestly shocked. I've said this to a lot of people. Like, one of the one of the videos, one of the clips we posted that went viral um, is of Armin. Uh, his name's Armin Amam. He's fucking incredibly successful. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. the story essentially was he was in sales, a pretty, pretty decent awesome. high up in sales, sent his resume to, like, 20, 30 recruiters, heard nothing back, and this was becoming, like, a similar thing. And he's fully yeah, yeah. qualified for, for these things. Like, he's had a successful career. 
And then he's talking to his mates one day. This is like, fuck, I don't know how many years ago, years ago though. And they say, what if it's your name? Mm-hmm. Um, so he changed his name from Ahmed Imam to uh, Adam Smith. Yeah, Sent it wow. to the exact same people a few days later. Got four callbacks the next day. That's insane. So that's essentially the video. Um, I was surprised by, again, I would say 75% of the comments, 70, 75% of the comments like that's disgusting. I can't believe that still happens. And that's what I was expecting. But that 20, 30%, that were commenting saying, oh, what do you expect? It's called assimilation. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I was going yeah, on and yeah, having all wow. these conversations. And like, Amon was not complaining about it. It was just the story. Because that's the piece of content that made him go viral. And like, I was shocked by the amount of people that would openly say, oh, just get over it. Like, yeah, what do you expect yeah. if it happened in another country? Yeah, yeah. My perspective was that like, yeah, you can it can happen in any country, but we should be trying to do better. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah. should be trying to do better. But the, the I didn't make that. I didn't enjoy putting that piece of content out to get people say that that's horrible. Yeah, that wasn't your reasoning behind or posting Or to get that. people to, you know, say, oh, that's bullshit, who mm. cares? What's the most interesting thing? And you're talking about, oh, what purpose is it serving? It's what I'm re- – the impact I'm really interested in is the people – it's it's not – it wasn't about racism. It's about unconscious bias. Right. What I'm interested in is the people that will listen to that video and they're, they're most likely not the ones commenting. Sure. They're the ones that, that listen to the video and say, hmm, Am I maybe doing this in my life and I don't unintentionally? Yeah, 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 yeah. So creating that thought and provoking that thought that leads to the awareness, that's the first step. Conversation needs to happen before change. Yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah. not a bad thing, man. Yeah, I, I actually did see that video. And, mm. and when he said that he changed it to Adam Smith and he got called back, I was like, God damn, yeah. that's very, very interesting. It's like, but it's even me. I've always thought of my stage name, you know, my name, Meiji Slaby, mm-hmm. not not hard to pronounce, but not the easiest to pronounce mm. if you're hearing it off the off the bat. And I've always thought to myself, you know, if I get to a stage where I kind of have to have somewhat of a stage name, do I keep it authentic to myself? But it's like even people calling me Madge. Do I let them call me Madge? Do I do I kind of put them in line and go, my name is Majdi? Yeah. It's, it's all, you know, it, it trickles down to that spot as well. But when you grow up with that, like, like for me, everyone's always called me Madge. So yeah. I don't think, like, if someone says Majdi, it's not like this, oh, my God, they called me Madge. Like, it's just, yeah. I, I, I recognize both, but... um. But yeah, that's very interesting that it, that he did that and he got the callbacks. That's insane. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, but but what blew me away was so many people had similar stories, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't ran into anything like that just yet, I guess. But um Well hopefully we don't. And like hopefully yeah. the goal is it becomes less and less common, right? Exactly. You don't see it as often. But if you do need a stage name, reckon, what about Magic Mike? But yeah, Magic, Magic Mike, yeah. Well <laughs> shit, I, as long as I look like uh, oh. those bodies underneath, bro. I've got a that's another thing. Like yeah. how do you what's you, through all your work, if we have enough time, yeah, uh, yeah. through all your like Mate. We have as Mate, much time as we want, but we will start to wrap up soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got Happy Skin Co., you've got mm-hmm. the podcast. You were running, or you ran, or you, are you still running? Uh, yeah, still running. As you, I remember you did something massive once. I remember, it was not too long ago, it was like a year ago. But anyway, how do you yeah. find the time to stay fit? You're oh, a business owner, yeah. you're busy. How do you stay motivated? How do you stay fit? For me? I'm I, asking for me. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> Well, there's many different answers. I'll tell you the truthful answer yep. for me is that sport and fitness has always become part of my sure. life. So it's like, it's so easy. It's like, I really crave it. I want to do it. Yep. I look forward to yep. do it. So like, I get a lot of positive releases when I exercise, whether it be martial arts or running. Yep. And I had stopped running for a bit mid this year, going into mid this year. And then because I'm so busy, obviously it's hard to yeah, do everything. Yeah. But then what I'll do is I'll sign up for these like, actual events oh, and races cool. keeps you accountable. that pre-commitment keeps me accountable because yeah. I know I'm running this distance at this That's point. Awesome. I don't only want to be able to run the distance. Me, what type of person I'm like, I want to be able to do it in as fast a time as possible. Sure. So having these things that I'm training for, 
but I've kind of felt out of doing it a bit because I'm so busy and it's easy to have that excuse. Yeah. But I, because now I have, a, I'm doing like a half marathon, which is 21.1 Ks in oh, September. Sick. It's less than two months away. I just started training for it properly, but then you, you force yourself to do these runs and they don't, like you, you, you do it, you don't necessarily enjoy it, but afterwards you feel good. Oh, it's the, it's always the after. But I had a long run on the weekend around, uh, not that long, but r- r- long for me recently. Like mm. I did like a 12K run and I remembered why I loved running so much. Oh, like awesome. when you're running, it was the weekend, it was sunny. Bro, the runner's high that you can get yeah, when you're just wow. out there, you're by yourself, there's no one around and you're just running and it's just you and your thoughts and you're just processing stuff and then – you just like it, it's kind of hard on your body the first couple k's, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. settle into your rhythm. You go into like autopilot, right? And you just feel bliss. And I realized that's why I fucking love. That's it. That's why I love it. Yeah, that's incredible, bro. Do, do you remember that period where Maurice and I did it at four a.m.? Yeah, are you were doing up and month. down that bridge run as well for oh, ages? Dude, I remember you yeah. That. Like I, if I can, I'm just you know for me like inspiration comes and goes, right? Yeah. Like and and if it's gone, it takes me a bit to pick it back up. But once it's picked up, I have to action something yeah, on it. Yeah. But dude, we we were up at four running. Like, it, like I mean, that, that's not my lifestyle at yeah, all, waking yeah. up that early, but we did it for like a month. Mm. And running then quickly transi- transitioned into running and then a full gym session. It just became yeah. like second nature. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, but, um, and that was literally right when I created Thicker as well. Yeah. So it was a, it was a lot Easy. of, a lot going on, but um, yeah, man, it's been an insane well, experience. Well, with that as well, I guess the lesson is like pre-commitment and, and telling people, like I've told some, like a bunch of people I'm going to do this run. Everyone's like, oh, you're still doing that run? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I am. What like, run is it, by the way? Uh, it's called like the Blackmore City Run. Oh, the Blackmore's one. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, They have like a marathon, half marathon, like a bridge run, which is like 10Ks. Yeah. I might have to join you on that one. Do bro. it, man. Many people has. Joe, are you going to still do it? See, look at him trying to back out now. Joe, Joe said he's doing it. Do My it. mate from martial arts is doing it. His mate, like plenty of people are doing it. We will do it. We'll do it Let's together. Do it together. Can we? Can we? Can it be the first live podcast where we? Uh, well, that's the thing. We're meant to come and out and record some training sessions, which that is, could be pretty gangster. Yeah, you know what we're gonna do. What? You, uh, if you can't figure it out, I will get mad. What? Um, because obviously we, we need like a gimbal because I'm gonna be running. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, those yeah. skateboards. That oh, you, can, the, you mean the the not the your board? Why don't I just get the drift board? Follow you on the drift board. Like what you used to have, <laughs> bro. He's the best out of on a fucking. One you know of the those, drift boards, right? Those those two wheel. Oh, this guy, Whipper, like... Love that yeah. shit, bro. So we're gonna do that, that would look cinematic as fuck. It will. Like, who's some of the Nick Bear does some really cool stuff like that. And, like, we could do it, be running. Yeah, that could be interesting. Fucking make kind of, like... When is it, movie. September? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just talk, like, do some fucking... That could be really cool. Oh. Is that the alarm? <laughs> is that us? I, uh... We had Joe's alarm go off in the middle of last podcast. Oh, alarm. no. <laughs> we'll start wrapping up. Sure thing, um, man. Which is, fuck, I've got stuff to do, apparently, uh, with that alarm. Busy. Um... But so, like, let's do one last question and then start to wrap up. If yep. you had one piece of advice to give to, like, 17-year-old Maggie when you're leaving school, knowing all what you know now and kind of what you lived, what do you think that piece of advice would be? Uh, the piece of advice I'd give to my 17-year-old self would be to, to slow down a little mm. um, and, like, think before making a decision. But ultimately enjoying it because when I think back to when I started at Flip Out, it's almost 10 years has got a decade has gone by and it's a bit weird to say that out loud, but I know another decade's coming. Yeah. And if I'm sitting here, if I'm sitting here waiting for the right time to do anything, it's, it's yeah, I, I would just say, I would say patience is, is an incredibly important thing to have. Um, but just enjoy the fuck out of it. Can I say fuck? I've been Bro, saying it all day. I've said it 20 times. Just enjoy it because, uh, there's going to be so many ups and downs, whether you like it or whether you don't. 
That's the thing, right? It's just going to happen and you need to write it and you need to let it happen. And you do some hardcore drugs on the weekend, you know, you really need to. No, I'm joking. Don't, uh, we won't do that. But um, yeah, man, that, that's what I would leave everyone that's yeah. listening uh, with to just, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy cool. it because it it's not going to last long. That's right, man. And and like how fast all the years are going by, you realize the older you get, all those cliches they tell you in school is uh, 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 quite often correct. Like So correct. The biggest thing I've learned and it's the biggest lesson they try and tell you and it's so bullshit when you're in school. But it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, it's 100%. You know, and as as, as oversaid as that is, it it's, is it. And it only becomes more true the older and wiser you get. The more yeah, because you experience you all that stuff. Because you realize, okay, you're always waiting for the, oh, that milestone. Then I'll be happy What for that one second, that Before, one night, that one. Yep. Bro, like Don't wait. these milestone moments make up 0. 0.000001 yeah, yeah. of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're just living for these mini moments, okay, we just hit a million dollars. Let's yeah. celebrate for tonight. And then tomorrow, yeah. how do we make two million? Yeah. You're fucking going to be unhappy, man. Yeah, bro, and and I've and I've been in that situation so many times where it's just been work, 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 work. Yeah. Who works at a trampoline park and doesn't have fun, right? Yeah. Like that's dumb, but it happens. And and if I could go back in time, I would say, dude, yeah. slow down because yeah. there's so much coming at you, bro. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. Just take take it like day by day and enjoy it. Yeah. Well, Majdi Slavy, um, it's been a fucking pleasure yeah. having uh, you dude. in. That's his full name. Come on, my man. And uh, we'll link you. I have all your links and everything. Thank but, you. But um, where can people find you if they want to find more information? Um, they can find me at uh, on Instagram at Majdi Slavy um, or my business at Thicker Media AU because Thicker Media was taken apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, otherwise, yeah, you know, I'm sure we can we can start hanging about a bit more, getting up to our Usual bro, dumb and that, selves. And that's the thing. If we look at how fast time goes, bro, we used to talk four or five days a week on the phone. Yep. And now, not at any fault of anyone's, and we don't hold it against each other. No. We've hardly seen each other for two years, bro. Dude, literally. Because we're that literally, busy. Yeah. It happens. But you know what? The beautiful thing is, I remember you saying it on your podcast, you want to surround yourself with five mm. people that you kind of want to be like, right? Yep. And I'd say you're 100% one of them because although two years has gone by, mm. it feels like a weekend Nothing, went right? by. Yeah, yeah, Legitimately yeah. does not feel like two yeah. years has gone yeah. by. Like it feels like we walked into your apartment the other day. Yeah, You know what I mean? Oh, that's what we were saying as well. I've been in this place, um, bought this place like just over two years ago. Maj was the first person into my house. I was. Filmed me opening the door for like the first time. Like as <laughs> Did we a, do as it twice a, too? Because the first one didn't look as good. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there was some reason for whatever. Anyway. It was an incredible experience. Yeah. Dylan Mullen, I love you. Thank you, Maj. I love you too. All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.